Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 27th of August, 2020. This is The Gap, episode 531. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gurry is here. How you going, Job? Oh, Got pretty good. sports ball on? Uh, well, there's no sports ball on. Uh, not anymore. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Pretty, uh, you know, weird times continue to be weird times, I suppose. Uh, 2020. It's just on. It's just like... <laughs> It's going for it. It's a whole year for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the basketball has been postponed. Players are on strike. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty huge. It's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. I, I would not be shocked if uh, they cancel the season. It's like it's a it's a pretty tricky one, you know, because. I mean, what what do they all go through to get into the bubble, right? And then, mm. so there's going to be a bit of you know sunk costs in in that for some players. You know, for some players, there's going to be sunk costs. There's also going to be the uh, the element of hey, uh, there are some teams that have a really strong shot at winning a championship. Uh, they won't yeah. want to. Uh, May may not want to give that up, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, uh, it's a really strong fucking stand from them. And the longer they hold out, uh, the longer they strike, mm. the more attention this brings to people who can, as sad as this is, actually affect change. Uh, because yeah, at some point, you know. This wasn't this wasn't some agreed upon thing between the you know, they didn't all come together and oh yeah, we can put different names on the back of our jerseys and oh hang on, not that name. Right? There were a couple of names that were ruled yeah. out or some shit, right? Like this well, is Well, they were pre approved messages. Yeah, they this is not like some fucking sanctioned thing things. by the, the NBA. This is like a this is yeah. actual uh Movement. This is like this is collective movement from the players. This is not of the NBA itself, and the NBA is just trying to keep up. And mm. the billionaire owners of the teams will see their bottom line affected by this. And the baseball. I saw the Brewers. They mm, yeah. they uh they went on strike as well. Like this is yeah. this is fucking good. This is cool. Well, good on them. Hmm. They, you might actually see something from this. Fucking well done. I, but I wonder what, like, because apparently they're having a players meeting in uh, about an hour, looks like. Right. Um, I'm just trying to do time conversions. Mm -hmm. The, um, But I, I wonder if this comes down to them trying to now be like, hey, we want, we want to be able to do more. Like, they go back to the NBA and say, you need to agree to these terms now. Otherwise... We're not. Yeah, like, we're leaving. Yeah, like, players will start leaving. The things like the stuff we just talked about, like the pre-approved messages on the back, like we want to scrap that. Yeah, obviously, I think th there's a limit. You, I, I mean, as much as people would like to have like fuck the police on the back of their <laughs> their jersey, I think maybe this like swearing and things like that could be something that they wouldn't allow. Everyone, I think but everyone could time, agree with that point. Yeah, yeah. you know. But like having having uh, imagine changing doing something extremely drastic like being we want to have like the names of the police officers on the floor mm. that have killed these people 
that says like arrest you know, the blah, victims blah, blah. of their like, we want that on the floor. violence yeah yeah like and just a demand bunch of this shit and if they don't get it then be like well we're going home yeah um, peace and I, I, I see that something that could happen yeah. absolutely yeah I mean at the very least right if if things aren't going well for the players in this mm. negotiation step outside the bubble there's two weeks you just bought yourself two weeks champs because you got to go through the quarantine process all over again. If you're outside of the bubble, the only reason the bubble works because it's a bubble. If you break the bubble, you go to quarantine. Yeah. And I guess technically they're not striking, are they? They just well, I guess they'd need permission. There's probably something in there, like some sort or, of but yeah, if they're gonna make you play, just go out and fucking stand there. Yeah, just like fucking bounce the ball eight, eight and twenty-four. Right, it worked for that. Just make hmm. it go for forty fucking minutes um yeah yeah so. it's it's a big deal uh yeah, yeah. and e- also, either way i still see the nba supporting whatever they do they're generally 100 oh, well pretty good with that sort of stuff and at the end of the day uh the league only exists because of the players yeah like yeah the league literally only exists because it's because of the players the mm-hmm. like the NBA has spent the last two decades, or maybe not two decades, when they stopped trying to squash Allen Iverson. Uh, maybe decade and a half. Um, um, but they've spent the last yeah, however many years, like building up players as a brand. You know the 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 surge that saw uh, basketball reach its heights in '98 was thanks to, you know, the the brand of Michael Jordan and those around him who tried to keep, compete. And at some point, the NBA realized how good that was for business and they worked pretty hard to turn everyone, every player into a, bit, a brand now. You know, we went from how many fucking signature shoes back in the early 2000s, like three, yeah. to now fucking two dozen. Clay Thompson's got a shoe. Right? Um, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a pretty huge deal for them to do this. So that's pretty good. And the other thing is, uh, the other point, uh, it's tomorrow's wear it purple day. Uh, mm. the 28th is wear it purple day, which is, uh, a movement to raise awareness for teens being bullied in high school mm-hmm. uh, over LGBTQIA+. Issues and so I'm wearing purple. Anyway, um, movies. I saw some movies. Right. Uh, I watched Pretending I'm Superman. I baited you. You thought I was going to talk about Tenet, but I'm, I'm Pretending right. I'm Superman. It's a documentary uh, about right. the. I think I've heard uh, about this. Yeah, it's it's about the the rise of um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, how it came to be. Uh, and it's a pretty good one. Like, and it, and it also sort of charts uh, the rise of of skateboarding. I fucking love skateboarding movies. I hate skateboarding myself, uh, but I love skateboarding movies. Uh, like, not movies about skateboarding. I don't think I can't recall watching a film about skateboarding outside of Back to the Future. Um, but uh, which has skateboarding in it? Which ha- yeah, that's that's about it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, like uh, this like documentaries about it, I fucking love because you just wind up with like I don't know, you learn something and there's awesome skate footage at the same time, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want a a killer, like go watch fucking Tony Hawk on GQ. He breaks down yeah. like uh, pivotal skating films. And it's just uh that's a really good one because he's just he's just a fucking rad dude. You know, like he's so mm-hmm. fucking down to earth. And that same energy is brought to pretending I'm Superman, which yeah, it starts with uh you know, a basic history of him doing a kickflip skateboarding in uh in video games and uh and then sort of broadens out into how Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came to be and then I think it may mm. stick with the Tony Hawk series a little bit longer than it should because God knows Activision stuck with the Tony Hawk's uh Pro Skater series longer than it should have. Uh but um yeah like it's very cool to see where you know that that series is started and how it like started out and it was uh janky in the beginning and turned into something fucking phenomenal um right so that's very cool that's definitely worth a watch uh mm-hmm. i felt i found it to be like unbelievably compelling i just i couldn't stop watching it which is cool uh i'm not sure when it's out it's out in the states already so you could probably watch it uh, but I right. went and tried to watch it. I, I had a screener. Uh, I got sent a screener. Um, but, yeah, I went to try to watch it, and I can't work out how the fuck to watch it outside of the States. And it's the reviews on Google are ripping it to pieces <laughs> for not being available mm-hmm. in their country because they all really want to watch it. And it's a pretty weird one because it charts how... Uh, like they talked to um, Goldfinger, okay, yeah. about how yeah the band about how they became an international sensation off the back of Tony Hawk, and they're going to all these like uh, countries yeah. in Europe, and then I went and looked at the fucking comments, and they're like, uh, "I'm from blah blah blah," and it's one of the countries mm. that Goldfinger became big in, but they can't watch this, yeah. and they like yeah anyway. Dumb shit. Anyway, um, I'm sure they'll work. But, but that sort of thing was also like that game is, is at the same time not only um, like propelling these bands into the spotlight, but the the game did the same thing for Tony Hawk, right? Like he was obviously a big name in skating, but once that game hit, it just like yeah, he just exploded. Yeah, like the the um the way I kind of look at it is like the the Michael Jordan you know when he kind of took off with the the basketball shoes and all sort of that sort of thing like that kind of just went ridiculous for him and for tony hawk that was kind of the same thing with the video game as soon as he hit that game because the game was excellent um it should have like shot him into the the spotlight um so yeah i don't think it was just the bands as well oh no 100 the music like absolutely and they chart that as well i just thought there was a particular irony in the fact that yeah yeah it brought it brought Goldfinger to the world and how the world can't watch this fucking documentary for some dumb reason anyway uh, mm. <coughs> yeah it looks like it's out on uh, streaming services over here like mm. all of them right 
Yeah. Uh, when it comes out, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, definitely check it out. Cool. Uh, yeah. And then um, Tenet. I went and watched the film in the cinema. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I wore my mask uh, into the cinema. Still avoided the trailers like a baller. Uh, yeah. Went to like a Lux screening. So heavily reduced amount of seats and they were still socially distanced seats. So they didn't have, there was no one sitting next to me. And so they had about half the seats open in the cinema itself. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, went into and, and watched Tenet, which is Christopher Nolan's new film. Um, did so without obviously spoiling anything. Yeah. The one thing that I have heard about the movie through Twitter or somewhere I saw was that once again the audio is fucking terrible. Literally, what I was about to say. Uh, literally, yeah. what I was about to say was I don't want to spoil anything because uh, obviously not everyone can watch it. But I, I don't even understand about sixty percent of what was being said. Uh, and yeah. I would probably. I'm not going to. Well, even if. Even if cinemas were fucking, even if there wasn't a global pandemic, mm. I would prefer to watch it on streaming where I could just jack the fucking sound up or dick about with some equalizer shit in uh, VLC or something and make it so yeah. I could understand what people are saying. Yeah. First of why, all- Why does this keep happening? I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck the deal it's- is. Like it's not like it's it's not like it it's obviously something he's doing right the mixing or something because this is like the third straight film yeah or fourth straight film where this has happened. The thing is, right when you watch them at home, it's not a problem. Like you don't have this same situation. My problem is every time I watch one of these fucking movies and I can't understand anything that's going on in my brain. Right? All that's going on is, uh, this is it, Joe. This is it. Fucking years, years and years of abusing your fucking brain with alcohol have finally kicked in. And this is when the stroke happens. And now you don't understand speech. Now you don't understand human speech. You fucking brought this on yourself, you fucking idiot. And then, like, afterwards I get out and I say, you know, I say to my wife, I'm like, could you understand a fucking word anyone said in that? And it doesn't come out as like pineapple, monkey, cucumber, right? And she understands what I'm saying and she couldn't understand what they were saying in that either. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Well, time to go get a drink. And I continue the cycle. But yeah, my major point is I don't want to eat spaghetti Skittles, but... I would like for it to hit streaming services sooner rather than later <laughs> so I could understand what the fuck happened in that movie. Um, yeah. Visually spectacular. Like, he's done it again in terms of yeah. a spectacle. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what happened. <laughs> but I got no idea. No idea. They fucking, like, they also, they wear masks. Oh, it's classic. It, this is the same problem when the um, they did like in the Bane scene for um, uh, Dark Knight Rises when he's in like the the start the the plane yeah. and he's got the the mask and like the fucking jet engine is going and there's like a hole in the side of the plane and he's hanging upside down and you're like I can't understand a fucking word this guy's saying. Um, and then this, the same thing when when it's it's 
uh, he's in the plane in um, the war the war movie. I can't remember the name of it. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah, and it's fucking the same guy. Tom Hardy's in the plane with the mask on, and you're like, what the fuck is he saying? For me, Dunkirk is just a film that doesn't have dialogue. It's just a, it's just <laughs> yeah. a dialogue. Like, there's noises. zero dialogue, and you just pick up what's, oh, yeah, okay, well, oh, that plane, that's a bad plane. Uh, well, that's Tom Hardy, so I assume he's not playing a German, so that must be a good plane. Um, yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, it's not a silent movie. But uh, it's about as close to a silent movie as you could possibly get. And yeah, just because it's so fucking loud. Yeah, just incomprehensible. Um, the best thing about the Bane thing, actually, I rewatched Dark Knight Rises uh, a little while ago. And uh, the best thing about that movie is that they fixed, they fixed the audio for Bane. Yeah. And even in the home release, that's probably the one scene that is still completely incomprehensible. You still can't understand a fucking word Bane says in that fucking scene. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know what he says. Yeah. Like, people meme they it. They're like, oh, oh, for you or something. Like, fucking, oh, seems like, I don't know, big or something. Oh. I grew up in the darkness. So. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that. if I'd read the script, I would probably understand this fucking meme. But I haven't, so I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Tenet. Yeah. Interesting. Tenet. Uh, yeah. Watch it on streaming. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely a movie that is, like, benefits, right? The fucking effects and all that stuff. It's awesome mm. on a big screen. But. Can't hear it. <laughs> what's the, like, and it's, there's, there's some shit happening. There is yeah. some stuff going down and it requires attention. And yeah, I know Nate didn't like it. And uh, mm-hmm. we got out after after seeing it and uh, he was like, so fucking X happened? How did that not affect B? I'm like, to the best of my knowledge, B happened because of A, not X, it was entirely unrelated to X. He's like, that's not what I got at all. I'm like, man, your interpretation is as good as mine because I didn't understand a fucking word anyone said. So Yeah, you heard 40% of the film. He heard 40% of the film. And even together, you didn't get the whole film. We were missing like fucking K through T or some shit. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, classic, classic Chris Nolan forcing everyone to go to the cinema and still fucking it up somehow. <laughs> yep, it is, right. it is a traditional um, move. Cool, got a bunch of games here. Let's do it. Um, we talk about, let's kick things off with a game called There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. What? Um, this was, as far as I'm aware, like a game jam game. Or um, it was sort of birthed out of a game jam right. uh, a while back. Okay, it's available on Steam now, um, and it's very like a a meta game where you are playing a uh, you start up and you're basically trying to play a video game, but the video game doesn't want you to play the video game, right. and so it's sort of narrated by um, the program, and you as the user. 
are trying to get in there and play it. And so like you, you start up the the actual game and it's like um new game options and it's like quit here's the quit button and like all the arrows are sort of like pointing to the quit button and you press on like the new game is like you yeah, don't go here type thing uh and so that's kind of how the game starts and you get in there and the the you know it's telling you don't press the start button type thing and it sort of just evolves from there where you're talking or this this program is talking to you is trying to get you not to play it a bunch of weird shit happens and it sort of just evolves from there it reminds me a lot of the um sort of like the the games that we've talked about recently um where like frog fractions a little bit where it's sort of it's a bunch of different weird things in one Mm -hmm. um and it it plays around with the themes of video games a bunch as well like uh it's it's sort of on a like a a adventure game sort of where you're like pointing on things on the screen and clicking on them um that's for the most part what you're kind of doing, but it's also going through a bunch of different genres as well. Like it starts off with, and I don't want to spoil the too much, but like a like a brick breaker type thing, and then uh, adventure game style games, and it does stuff with like clickers and things like that. Um, and it's sort of commentating on different types of genres and how games have sort of evolved over the years and what they've done, but in a very clever way. Like it's an extremely um clever game the, the things it does in there are, are really cool um you'll be doing things like interacting with environments on the hud like the ui and breaking the ui like grabbing um certain things within the environment and like say there's like a screw or or something that's on the the ui you can like undo that and it makes parts of the ui fall down and all of a sudden you can use that in the game to solve a puzzle and that's pretty much what the game is all about. It's about um, you working with this program to uh, work through this game system that's become corrupt or it's got like a glitch in it and the glitch is causing havoc and you're going through all these different types of games and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's very well done. It's, it's doing some really interesting, cool things. Um, just like you kind of think about i wonder if this will work and you kind of do it and usually it it is something that works um there's there's a really good help system in there as well so if you do get stuck at any point you can kind of press the help button it'll give you a hint of like here are the things you can click on or interact with um and then if you want to go a bit further down each thing that you're supposed to click on has like different tiers so you can be like i want to go further down this help system and it'll kind of reveal the next step of what you're supposed to do. And and so it's very forgiving in terms of um, like the difficulty and, and sort of point, pointing the player in the right direction of what you're supposed to be doing, uh, which is an element borrowed from like the point and click genre anyway. Like back in the day, you kind of just had to pixel hunt and try and figure things out, use objects with each other. And eventually you might get to the thing you're supposed to be getting to. Uh, and then as that genre has evolved, they started putting in the help system and, allowing players to um you know not have to look up guides as much they can kind of just press that button and it'll tell them sort of where they should be looking and what they should be doing which is cool so um yeah i've been digging it i'm not finished the game yet i'm about uh four chapters in it looks like there's maybe six from the the screen um 
from the menu system that it's got going there. I've played about three hours at this stage, so I'm guessing it's probably going to be like a five, five hour-ish game. Uh, but yeah, it's called There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. Uh, it's available on Steam. It was, I think, $12 off the top of my head. It was $12, yep. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's got uh, really positive reviews. And so if you kind of like those weird meta games that are like sort of crazy and weird um definitely go check that one out because it's, it's doing some really smart things and um it's it's very clever very clever game so hmm. there you go okay cool i i don't think you've heard of this one i definitely haven't no uh but oh. i do love my meta games and i love games that sort of comment on the nature of games i'm sort of fucking yeah a wanker like that so uh I'll give it a shot. I I think the thing that might be a bit like that'll draw you away is the nature of it being very heavily like a point and click yeah. game still. Like there's a lot of pixel hunting and clicking on things on the screen as much as it is still like going through different um, types of genres. You are at the end of the day still clicking on objects on the screen and trying to find like what you can, what you're supposed to be interacting with and things like that. Um, so yeah. Anyway, who? Yep. There is no game. Um, what else we got here? Let me bring it up. Uh, let's let's bundle these things around. Let's go with uh, Windbound. All What's right. Windbound? All right. All right. Windbound uh, is a game by Five Live Studios, which is a Brisbane studio. Um, uh they made satellite rain which i kickstarted way back in the day um like way way how fucking long ago did i kickstart satellite rain fucking i'll tell you what mm. takes me 18 attempts to uh to spell satellite every single time i try to spell it how many t's oh fuck it 16 t's 45 l's I don't fucking know satellite. Anyway, how many how many how many G's in there, Joe? Is it's a trick question. So, oh, how many of them are silent? I don't know. <laughs> um, I kickstarted satellite uh, satellite rain seven years ago. Um, anyway, okay, yeah. When I finally fucking managed to spell it correctly, I was able to find that out. Anyway, um, so this is a new game from them. A complete departure from satellite rain. Satellite rain was more of a. Um, commando style uh cyberpunk uh rpg but uh this is more of a um survival game uh yeah sort of kind of like a survival game i'm gonna be straight up i do not like this game I'm gutted to say this, but I do not like this this game. Because obviously, you know, I kickstarted Satellite Rain. Believe yeah. in the uh, in the team, uh, but yeah, I do not like this game. I do not think they this there's so much going wrong with this fucking game. It, honest to God, like just from the get go, it fucking feels like. Remember Fog, Fuck Over Gamers, yeah. our mythical game yeah. studio. Uh, that we will one day put together just to uh, fuck over gamers. It feels like they took up the mantle of fuck over gamers and they ran with it. Right from the fucking get-go, right? 
you get presented with an option. When you start the game, you get presented with an option. You can either play on story mode or you can play on survivalist mode. The default difficulty is survivalist mode. Uh, it is, and in the text for it, when it describes what it does, what survivalist mode is yep. about, it tells you that it is a game uh, mode where it is is the way that, that Windbound is meant to be played, basically. Uh, this is the desired experience, the the preferred mm-hmm. or intended experience for Windbound. And then it tells you what survivalist mode does. Uh, combat is the correct difficulty. Uh, so this is the, you know, the, the default combat difficulty. Um, and when you die, you lose everything uh, except what you were holding in your hands. You got seven slots uh, mm-hmm. to hold in your hands, and then you can expand that space uh, via backpacks and stuff. Um, and also, you get dumped back to chapter one. It is a fucking so in the, in the story mode. In the not the survival. This is survival mode, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, there's there's there isn't like a survival scenario. There isn't like a free play survival. The it's. As far as I can tell, there is only this story, narrative-driven game. Right. And when you die in survivalist mode, you get dumped back to chapter one. Uh, right, like a permadeath thing, but it's still it's leaving your fucking goods permadeath. Behind? No, that shit's all gone. Oh. It regen. Okay. It generates a brand new fucking world, uh, and you get to keep whatever was in your hand, and that's it. Hands. Oh. Okay. You get to keep the seven thing, seven items in your hands, but you get dumped back to chapter one. So uh, like a roguelite type situation. Kind of. It's not like you're keeping your perks. You're kind of keeping the the items you've got. The, the seven That's... garbage items you're carrying with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like my stick. Here's my stick. Yeah. And I've got seven of them. I've got, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because it gets better. Uh, it has one of the worst inventory systems I've ever fucking encountered in a game. Uh, trying to trying to organize your inventory so that you've got your preferred items in your uh, in your hands involves basically dropping literally everything uh, and then reorganizing. It's dropping it on the ground and then picking it up one at a time. But you pick it up. There's, it isn't particularly... Uh, it's sort of like picking up fucking guns in Warzone where you're like, uh, if I move one pixel to the left, I'm going to pick up this fucking, uh, this garbage fucking pistol or I, I that, and you're in a firefight and you run in and you're like, you land from the fucking gulag fight and you run in and you grab whatever's on the ground and you just so happen, it just so happens that you picked up a fucking joker. And you're like, well, I'm going to die because I can't shoot people with this in a hurry. Uh, yeah, like, it's like it all lands on itself and you're trying to, like, fucking pick one thing or another. And you're like, this is fucking killing me. Uh, so, yeah, I just didn't do it. My solution was to drop the game to story mode uh, after I died once. When I died once, I died. My first... I. Died twice over the course of the game. Once in story mode as well. Uh, but, uh, 
yeah the the first time i died um was i actually pretty close to warzone as well i um i slipped off rocks i was like jumping over some rocks and i slipped off them and fell and uh i died it was enough to kill me and that put me back to the start of chapter one and i was like cool well if i'm playing this fucking game i am dropping the story mode because i'm never being reset to chapter one again i'll tell you what and second of all uh yeah i'd lost everything that was in my backpack i lost my backpack uh yeah i basically just got reset to zero the stuff i was carrying in my hands so i didn't expect to die at the time so i hadn't really resorted everything into what i should be carrying in my hands or the the basic shit that would allow me to build a fucking boat sorry i haven't even explained this it's a game about island hopping it's like raft right where you build a fucking boat and you sail from island to island that's like 90 percent of the fucking game is sailing from island to island Anyway, I'm not, I didn't have the stuff I needed to build a fucking boat or not a boat that was anywhere near as good as what I had before. Uh, I'd built like, I'd chopped down wood and uh, I'd built a wood boat, but now I was like reduced to just having sticks and rope. So I just built a basic shitty canoe and started all over again. Um, But yeah, um, I had a fucking start from the the get-go, which soured me desperately on the game the problem like the the thing that makes a fucking roguelike sort of work right is that there is still a sense of progression in death like the thing that makes dark souls work is the idea that you can maybe get back to where you were get and get your stuff right there's that there's the implicit challenge there and then on top of that there's the fact that getting back to where you were is challenging no doubt there's no question that it's challenging but it's probably not that far away like at most Mm. it'll be five minutes away right to get back to my boat even when i died the second time i died the second time literally as i was about to finish the game uh i went i was on an island and there was a giant worm or there was something burrowing underneath the ground and uh I decided to see what it was exactly because I was interested. This sounds like your fault, not the game's. It it does. It does so far. Uh, So I ran over to go see what was happening and and it came up out of the ground and knocked me up. And then when the chick landed, she wasn't like she was stuck in like a rolling animation or like a falling. Like she was in this animation where she was stuck falling on the ground. Like, yeah. over and over. And then the worm just fucking wormed me to death um, while I was unable to do anything about it. Uh, so that was pretty good. But anyway, even to get back to that island, which didn't exist anymore, but the theoretical concept of that island uh, took me 45 fucking minutes because I was reset. Like, I on story mode, I was only reset to the start of chapter five. Uh, which is the last chapter. I only reset back to the start of chapter five. I ostensibly finished chapter five. All I had to do was leave the island with the giant worm and then go to the uh, exit point for the chapter. There's like a giant altar at the end of every fucking 
chapter, but you have to unlock these three locations each time. Uh, otherwise, the the bridge to the altar won't unlock. Um, all I had to do was actually go there. I'd unlocked the three keys. The last key was on the island with the worm. Uh, and all I had to do was, like, fucking leave, and I would be finished the game. Uh, but I was reset. So I had to build a new boat. Uh, I had to go get food uh, because, see, that was the other thing, right? That's the, that's the thing, right? You lose your boat. You still lose your boat even in story mode. And uh, the way the game works, right, the best you can do, uh, the most you can carry at any one time, as far as I can tell, I, I never... Uh, Never saw anything more than this, but the most you can carry is 25 things or 20. You've got 25 slots to play with and 18 slot bags. The biggest you can carry It significantly hampers your uh, stamina recovery, but uh, mm. it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day. Who fucking cares? Um, so are you they, just are they like stackable items as well. Yeah, they stack. They stack in weird numbers. Uh, like some things stack in groups of 10, some in groups of 20. Um, so that's cool. Uh, some don't stack at all. There was a bug where uh, items that were the same, uh, maybe plane stalker horns, which is you kill a giant monster and you get these horns um, and you can use them for specific things. Maybe they don't stack in groups of more than two, but uh, I had like three of them. They wouldn't stack, which is fucking awesome really like that um yeah you just sort of fucking you know can't stack certain things can stack some you just wind up yeah dicking about in your inventory all the fucking time like oh i desperately need food but it turns out that you know uh my bags are full so i gotta drop a bunch of shit so i can pick up the meat so i can carry it to the fire so i can put it on the fire ah but i don't have all the items I need to build the fire. Okay, so I build the fire and blah, 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 blah. So what it does is it sort of trains you to uh, solve these situations in different ways. So uh, one of the things that you might want to do is uh, you can build a fire on your boat, right? I don't want to get into the logistics of building a fire on a wooden boat. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's not like you do anything to fireproof the wood, the boat is made out of but you can do it uh but the the rub the sticking point is that uh each position on a boat can only hold one thing so you can put a fire on your boat but that means you can't put a basket to hold items right or uh you can put a uh you can make that fire into a drying rack so you can cook three things at once, but then you don't have uh, the opportunity to build a cauldron or a clay furnace, uh, both of which are fucking pointless and did nothing to help me finish the game, but whatever. Moving on. Uh, once, once you realize this, you then build out your boat. Right, so you'll add an extra arm to your boat. Yeah, like turn it into like a, a catamaran type thing where it's got like the the fucking it's two canoes connected by like some sticks, catamaran style. Right, and then so you can build, you can put like a there's a bag rack. Right, you can build a fucking basket which holds three things, or you can build a bag rack 
which holds a bag, and then you build another 18-slot bag, and then you put that on the bag rack, and then you can hold 18 slots, right? And then you wind up, you can build a platform on your boat, right? And you've got like a platform between two canoes on the outside, and you've got a sail in the middle, and you expand out on that, and each one of these things is uh, allows you to build one fucking thing on it, right? So you got your bag rack slot, and the the challenge is that if any of this shit gets destroyed, you lose everything attached to it. So if the left hand side gets destroyed, there goes your fire or your mm. clay furnace. Or if the middle gets destroyed, <laughs> there goes furnace. your uh, basket or some shit, right? So to stop that from happening, you got to repair it. But uh, the only way to tell if something is damaged or not, there appears to be two states, right? A canoe has two states. It's either unblemished, in which case it is at 100% health, or it is blemished. Uh, it is damaged, at which point it is anywhere below. So it could have 100% health. It could have 99% health. And so you wind up like every time you take some damage uh, from something, you wind up in this situation where you have to like navigate to the repair option and then you like sort of, oh, okay, uh, okay, so this boat, okay, this part of my boat has fucking, all right, it's still got 70%, okay, and this one has, oh, this has 3% left. It takes any damage, it's dead. Uh, okay, so I need to go and you go over to the bag rack that's holding all your gear, all your construction gear, and you grab some wood out and then you put it in, fix up the fucking thing and you do all this kind of shit just to sort it out so that you can actually, uh, yeah, kill. Oh, sorry, uh, float from place to place. Uh, but what happens is when you die and that boat disappears, all that shit is gone. Everything you use to make those boats, those fucking connected canoes, gone. Everything that those connected canoes were holding, gone. Everything, like, fucking gemstones, uh, fucking giant monster parts that you were holding on to because you need them to build a new shovel gone or a new axe gone new bow gone all this kind of shit just gone all the extra arrows that you had gone all you're left with is whatever you were carrying on your person at the time and that's it uh it's a huge setback right like it's a massive setback and i guess the the alternative for you, like the the what you could have just done is just not died, but for a game with this many devastating fucking setbacks, these many this it is chock a block with unearned punishment, chock a fucking block with it. In between chapters, you do this fucking sequence that is probably my favorite part of the game and makes me really wish we had a surfing game. Fuck, I would love a surfing game, right? But you do this sequence where there are these waves and if you like do it well, you sort of like, you can get just over the crest of the fucking wave and then you can ride the wave all the way down. And like, if you tilt yourself, you can like actually keep, stay on the wave and use the wave's momentum for a lot longer than than you would if you just went straight down and there's like there's an art to being able to stay on the wave and it feels really cool and it reminds me of the idea of what you might get out of a surfing game 
what happened to me a couple of times is uh, if you get too close to the bottom of the wave, the boat's nose catches in. I don't know if it's catching in on something or if it's just a physics glitch. It didn't look like it was catching in on anything in particular. And so it would fling you forward and then flip the boat upside down and then the boat would sort of auto rights itself, which is very helpful. Uh, but each time uh, the chick, or well, not each time, but a couple of times the chick was stuck in the boat. Like she was like the bottom half of her body was uh, below the boat and the top half was above yeah. the boat. And she was just sort of stuck in it in this falling animation again, unable to do anything. And once the boat rights itself, it gets caught by a wave again. Like it gets, it starts on a run from a new wave. And then it just sort of flings, while you're stuck, unable to do anything, it's sort of flung itself into a fucking rock and shattered. And a huge portion of the fucking boat shattered. And I lost Mm. everything that part of the boat was holding. Another huge setback. I didn't fucking... I, I don't see how that one was on me. Uh, yeah. I, like, I don't see how my initial death from fall damage from sliding off a fucking rock I thought I could climb up. I don't see how that was on me. I don't see how being stuck in a falling animation while being murdered by a fucking giant worm. I don't see how that was on me. Like, this is the problem that this game has. Like, I don't think it's... it's it always sucks to rail against a game for bugs. But the bugs hurt so fucking much here. Like, they're devastating. And, like, having to try to come back from these bugs is just... It feels like too much. And the problem is the fucking permadeath system. Like, if the game wasn't built the way it was, if it wasn't built around this insane permadeath, then it this wouldn't be a problem. And I get mm. the feeling the only reason it is built around it is because otherwise it'd be a very fucking short game. There's a lot in this game that feels like it only exists to sort of... Like slow the player down. Like, yeah, gate gatekeep the player from... Otherwise you'd be able to belt through it. And I don't... And it doesn't, like, it doesn't seem to be for any purpose beyond literally playtime literally playtime elements because like I could understand if you needed to like I see the purpose of uh the like the the three keys that you need to to get to the altar right uh I could see the purpose of it of doing it if it resulted in some sort of like the, I guess the primary idea is the same as, as why you climb a tower in Assassin's Creed or it, like the radio towers in Far Cry, right? Because it encourages exploration and forces players to go out of their way. But the only reward you get from it in Windbound is the ability to like it, it's literally just that key. You don't unlock, you don't uncover the map or. You don't spy anything from the top of the fucking... You can't even see the other fucking key altars from the top of these fucking key altars half the time. You don't even know where you're supposed to go fucking next. You just fucking know 
you're supposed to find these things because that's the only way to fucking move on. And that, like that, it, doing things because you're supposed to do them, that's what this game feels like. It feels like yeah. the game is doing things because it feels like it's supposed to do them, right? It doesn't, it's not a survival game, I don't think. Like, it's got survival elements. There's a hunger system that is honestly overbearing until it isn't. Like, you get to a point where you reach a critical mass in food where it no longer fucking matters. And up until you reach that point, you're like, I am going to die from hunger. There is nothing I can do about this. I, if I don't find it, like, if there isn't a fucking berry bush around this fucking next corner... I am fucking dead. And you just sort of fucking wear it. And it's fucked, man. Like, you just fucking deal with it. That's the survival mechanic. Or the, yeah. you know, I I build a boat. I build my boat because the boat, like, by the end of the, when I died in chapter five, right? When, when I rebuild my boat, I didn't put a sail on it. Sailing is, I think, one of the key features for this game. I didn't put a sail on my boat. I just fucking rode places. Because, right, sailing is supposed to be, uh, I guess, like automation, right? At some point in every survival game, you're supp- well, not every, but in a lot of survival games, you're supposed to reach this point of automation that I think demonstrates a, uh, like a level of mastery over the game, right? You reach it, like in Subnautica, once you've built out your undersea lab and it's got fucking... Uh, plant life and a fish tank and you can always get all the bladder fish you want from your fish tank and like that's a never-ending like replenishment of food or oxygen or whatever the fuck uh and so your base becomes this element this this thing that exists that is a safe haven safe haven first and secondly uh a source of like demonstrating your ability to overcome the challenges present and then from that point you are then ready to take on the bigger challenges the leviathans and stuff that subnautica has to to provide or you know the forest you know once you've got you've got your fucking you've got your garden up and running and it's growing stuff and you've got your terrifying cannibalistic uh, monuments to Luke and Heath's terror and stuck up all around your fenced fort and all this kind of shit. Like, yeah, you're like, okay, that's it, right? Like, I can always go back to my fort and get what I need. Or Satisfactory, right? Satisfactory is entirely that automation. Like, the, ent- the entire reason Satisfactory exists is because people find a lot of value in the automation loop itself. But, um... And I think that, that sailing is supposed to represent that automation because once you unlock sailing in uh, Windbound, you no longer have to hold the R trigger to move forward. You just manage the sails. But managing the sails in Windbound is so much more tedious than holding the fucking R trigger that it just winds up not being fucking worth it. So when I reached, when I had to rebuild my fucking boat in chapter five, yeah. I just didn't put a fucking sail on. I opted out of the automation pro- like system because 
I could just point my fucking boat in the right direction and hold R trigger and then play fucking Idol Slayer on my fucking phone while holding R trigger. That's it. That's like, that's not, that's not good. That's not good in a fucking survival game. That It misses a key fucking portion of that loop. And so I think it's actually more of a fucking Metroidvania game where you wind up seeing all these little things and you wind up thinking to yourself, wow, that'd be like you go to an island and you come across like a this big fucking chunk of fucking red ore or some shit. And you're like, wow, it'd be really cool if I could. I wonder like how I do that. And it's like it requires a hammer and you go into your fucking system. You're like, what do I need for a hammer? Right. And so, oh, I need a Gorehorn crest and some garbage that I have dozens of. I got to go find a Gorehorn. You go and find a Gorehorn, you kill the fucking Gorehorn, you make the fucking hammer, right? And now you can go and do that that quest. You can go and do that thing. You can go and hammer that fucking object. But then you have to, like, mentally overcome the fact that to do that, You'd have to sail all the way back to wherever the fuck that fucking thing was. And the map isn't... It's not like you can mark down fucking, oh, I saw a thing here or some shit. It's just... You gotta, I guess, open up the map and make note of it yourself. But, like... Once you work out what that is... Once you know what the red ore is in Windbound... You're like, wow. I wish I hadn't wasted the fucking time. Like, I... I finished the game on story mode, obviously. I, I, I guess there is uh, an argument to be made that I didn't get the, the true experience, right? There is an argument to be made that, that perhaps on survivalist mode, where if I die and let's say there were no bugs, right? Let's say there were no bugs that were killing me or robbing me of my progress or anything like that, right? Let's say that existed, would survivalist mode have provided me with an opportunity to like, would I have wanted to pursue these things? Would I have wanted to get all of this stuff out of the game? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I think I could play that entire game and I could probably do it without killing anything. Um, I can't think of anything that I particularly require with like that, that outside of hunger management, I don't think there is a need necessarily to kill anything. And you could probably, apart from the fact that like your dumb fucking food degrades at a speed that is honestly phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I don't think you would necessarily need to, to kill anything. You probably dodge all that shit. And so, if you're killing a gorehorn to build a shovel, or sorry, to build a hammer, to hammer an ore that gets you a gem, that gives you the opportunity to make a bow that kills things faster, if you opt out of the combat sequence in that game, like... What did any of that achieve then? Why did you do any of that, right? Except for outside of sating some curiosity, why did you do anything of that? And I wonder if it is a game where you're supposed to attack things. 
I honestly do. I like, I reached the end and it just sort of ended. And I don't know. I think I got the good ending. I was reunited with my, my people. I mean, it's a bit, I, I also, you know, I don't want to get all fucking woke or whatever the fuck. Right. But I did find it pretty weird that, um, it, like it's being described as win, uh, sorry, Moana meets, uh, meets Breath of the Wild. That's how Polygon described it, which I think is just misses the point of both of those games or didn't really understand yeah. Windbound, one or the other. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know. What, why, why are you a white chick? Why is this island hopping, uh, sea bound race of people in this clearly tropical climate? What, like, what's going on there? I don't understand. That's pretty fucking weird. Like, there's just, there are so many fucking options, so many choices that have been made in this game that I just desperately question. Uh, and I just don't understand. Yeah. Do you, do you think they've kind of, um, I don't know, sort of like being hampered by a lot of survival games coming out on like an early access platform and then this one being like, oh, well, we're just going to release it because this isn't out on early access. It's just kind of releasing, right? They haven't had mm. people testing it and playing it and, and all that sort of stuff. You don't really see that from those types of games. They're generally out there for years and years yeah. and years and people are playing them and they're tweaking things and... It no, sounds like they just didn't get that experience from this. I, I, yeah, I agree. It, it seems to me like maybe they got this experience from the publisher. They, they, they partnered with uh, Cock, Coach, Coke. How the Coke fuck do you say it? Yeah. Um, Deep Silver, I think. Uh, Deep Silver are the publishers, rather. And uh, it seems like perhaps. Like, there are a lot of things that I'm like, who suggested this? Because this doesn't seem like it was, like, the fucking, the altar keys, right? Like, pointlessly gating players uh, for no reward other than to slow down their progression. That doesn't seem like something that they would bake into the game from the get-go. I don't know. It seems like something that someone said, hey, uh, someone could theoretically finish your game in fucking three hours or maybe fucking even two hours if you were belting fast enough, if you got lucky with the wind. That's before the steam. That's earlier than the steam refund. You might want to fucking slow people down. Like, it seems like it's like the advice that has come to it, like the the elements. Yeah, there's, there's just this this conflicting set of ideas that just don't gel well, they don't work together well. And I wonder if that comes from the publisher or publisher advice as opposed to, hmm. yeah. I don't know, man. Um, so yeah, it's, I wouldn't recommend it. It is unbelievable. Like it's fucking 50 bucks or something. Um, I would struggle to recommend this for 20 bucks, honestly. Uh, com just compared to the other fucking games 
and it's class. Like, it is coming up against some fucking heavy-duty shit. And, yeah, it is expensive for what it is. I mean, it says I play for 14 hours. I guarantee you. Guarantee you it didn't take me that long. Um, I'm pretty sure I left it on for a little bit in the background. I wrote a review. Classic. Uh, yeah, it is classic me. Uh, I've written a review. That will go up. Um, oh, we might have to delay the Patreon. It will be anyway. Uh, okay. Um, we'll I think, we'll I, think I can't talk about it. Oh, yeah. This can't go live until like 12.01 my time tonight. So in like 12 hours or 14 hours or some shit. It'll be longer than that because we've got we've got control in here and that can't go up till okay. later on anyway. Okay. Yep. But uh yeah, the review. I'll I'll do a written review. Um yep. and uh like I've I've written ninety percent of it. I gotta do some edits, add in a couple of things. I think I just had an epiphany while I was talking about it. So I might add that in as well. Um so mm. I'll, I'll I'll put all that in and um yeah, something uh Something I saw suggested a little while ago was, I think I, I've spoken about this before. It might've been JB's idea, uh, the idea of Twitch streaming. I believe I can switch stream playing the game. So I think from three, so I might put the review up at uh, 12 or one, depending on uh, how everything times out, uh, PM tomorrow. And then- right. Uh, I might Twitch stream playing it and answering questions. This I did want to. I wanted to do this for Dead by Daylight. Uh, just do like a Twitch stream answering questions about the review, but I couldn't fucking work out when the fuck that review was going up. So it's hard to schedule something. <laughs> and uh, it probably went up at like two thirty, yeah, five a.m. in the morning. Or <laughs> yeah, <like that. laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's hard hard to That's manage around that one, but um, yeah. I reckon, yeah, from 3 p.m. tomorrow, I might Twitch stream playing this game, answer any questions. Uh, based on the fact that um, this is going off up, this podcast is going up at some weird time, you might not know about this. Uh, no, the, the stream will have will. been and gone. All right. But I'll try and <laughs> put the word out on my Twitter and, my, and, and on Discord and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, chat about it. Cool. See the game in action. Uh, I might just read the text of the review while I twist stream, see how that goes. Uh, and I might see if I can see how fast I can belt through the game in survivalist mode or something like that. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Windbound, I do not recommend it. Cool. Which is a bummer. Um, yeah, no, you haven't convinced me at all. I mean, it looks pretty and all that sort of stuff. Oh, like, it, it's definitely a pretty it, game. It sort of looks like a mix between Sea of Thieves or Breath of the Wild a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the gameplay sounds horrendous. So yeah, all right. All right. Uh, should we move on? Okay. Uh, next up, we've got a game called Due Process. This is a <laughs> shooter, right? This is a shooter. Yes. Um, yeah. This was announced fucking ages ago. Uh, it's it's finally nearly out. Um, it is a it's sort of a Rainbow Six Siege style shooter. Um, it started out its life with a very um, like lo-fi uh, 
art style. Like it was, it was legit, just fucking blank models versus blank models. But uh, now it's evolved past that uh, into like a cyberpunk themed sort of attackers versus defenders Counter Strike style multiplayer game. And the the twist is at the start of every round, uh, there's a phase, there's like a 30 second long phase where you can like draw on the map and talk to your teammates about what you want to do to either breach in and and, uh, disarm the bomb, plant the bomb, I'm not sure. Uh, Or as a defender, yeah, you you do the reverse. Uh, You can, yeah, and so you can like draw on the map and talk through shit and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's, um, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, it's hard to tell if it's any good yet. Uh, I bought it. You can only buy it via a, it's, it's unlisted on steam, I believe at the moment. Yeah. I couldn't find it. Uh, but if you've got, there's a link, they, they put out a link and if you've got the link, then you can, Buy it and play it. Okay. Uh, it's $35, which is expensive, uh, but I was um, been hanging out for for a while and had a bit of fucking Steam credit, so I chucked it on there. Um, and yeah, basically, it's it's an interesting idea. They've they put up a poll on their subreddit uh, a couple of days ago asking if people wanted... Uh, if people wanted OCE servers, did they want them in, uh, like Singapore or in Eastern Australia? Uh, and and uh, everyone was very confused. Uh, yeah, well, Eastern Australia was the overwhelming answer. So uh, <laughs> yeah. there should be Aussie servers pretty soon, which is good. Um, yeah. But why did they say, "Hey, do you guys want Australian servers?" But we'll put them in. Not Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think they maybe don't understand the difference between SEA and OCE. Right. I think that's what it is. That's my guess. Um, but yeah, it's not a big deal. They'll, they'll work out. It's like they're pretty small. They're a small team, so yeah, they're learning as they go. It's okay. Um. Anyway, uh, it's like it's a lot of fun, and there's some goofy shit you can do. I've got a clip of me, like sideways firing my fucking gun. It's got like an alt fire option, uh, where when you alt fire, like it puts a laser out, and so you can see where it is. But to get the alt fire, you like tilt your gun sideways for some reason. You know, I fucking blasted some cunt sideways shooting gangster style, and I lapped his friend with a shotgun. Uh, it was all at a very high ping, so uh, yeah, it's a bit hard to fully get a measure of it yet. Um, when the Aussie servers hit, I'll have a better fucking idea. But for now, uh, yeah, um, I like the I like the art style. I like the idea. Uh, I I don't know if it's got enough legs to justify thirty five bucks, but I'm keen. Probably to find not. Out. Probably not. Not it's- in this day and age where first person shooters are all free to play. Uh, yeah, part. yeah. That's that's the challenge, and with how far Rainbow Six Siege has come, um, 
I think it was yeah. an entertain. It was like a an idea I entertained more when I felt that Rainbow had a lot further, like a lot more ground to make up. But with Rainbow mm. being in the place that it is, I can't see myself opting to play this. You know, I, at, at the moment, I feel like the guns don't feel that great and stuff like that. There are just there are games that are doing a lot of what this game does, and it's doing the doing those things better. But yeah, uh, I want to play it a lot more before I land on that. Yeah, there are uh, like there are a the lot idea of, like, of cool ideas. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I like the idea of the the planning phase yeah. before the round begins and drawing on the the uh the map and um and it looks like from the the video i was just watching that some of those elements stay in the game while yeah. you're actually playing as well like it'll map on the floor where you've marked and things like that yep um like you can i know do it while you're dead as well so you can use oh, okay. that to like draw a circle from of on where you were shot from and stuff which is pretty cool yeah so it sort of leads into the old the whole dead talk thing as opposed to trying to lean away from it which i think is a good idea but yeah hmm well, because Rainbow tried that, right? They had the whole plan phase in the uh, in there, but it was through a website. It yeah, wasn't through, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. The actual game, so that that's like a misstep. I would like to see them go towards something like that. Maybe it's just not possible. I mean, if they if they put it in there and then ended up ended up on a website, that just seems like they couldn't do it in game for whatever reason, which is yeah. just weird for me, but. That's like something I would like to see Rainbow take. Yeah. Because that was always a huge aspect of not not even just Rainbow Six Siege, but just like the Rainbow games in general, having a planning phase yeah. and mar- marking out where people would be going and all that sort of thing. And that yep. was definitely something that was lost in in that game. So, yeah, I like that idea. And, yeah. Well, the other thing that you can do is you can take out the power so as the attackers, or as the, I, I actually didn't see any night vision goggles as defenders, uh, but as the mm. attackers, uh, you can like switch off the power and have everyone take night vision goggles, and then like switch on the night vision, and just fucking murder yeah. everyone, and they can't see shit. Uh, yeah. And what else is there? Oh yeah, and you've got like a fucking you've got like a pool of items, uh, that like diminishes as the game wears on so like you play around as defenders and use all these items uh but if you die those items are gone next time so you like your team no longer has that shotgun to and so so it's like an alternative to the buy phase instead you've got like a an item pool that you draw from which is pretty cool but yeah right cool Hmm. um all right, so I guess that's that's coming out soon, right? Is it it's out and b- closed beta yeah. at the moment? And if you buy yeah. your way in, you can play the closed beta, or you can get access to the beta via their Discord, I believe. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we move on? What else we got here? Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. You've been playing more of that. I have. Uh, not loads. Not loads to talk about. Uh, but there's a new weapon in the game called the Finn LMG. Uh, and on our Discord, uh, I believe it was Mork, Racy, and Liam, maybe, uh, talking through getting the uh, getting the chainsaw 
stock for this this thing, and it is unbelievably disgusting. It is the dumbest fucking like loadout. Once you once you get it all together, it is such a fucking idiotic fucking. So it's it's basically you hold it like you're fucking uh, Jesse Ventura in Predator, like yeah, it's a fucking minigun. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's fucking rip cunts up, chain gun style. Um, you can't ADS with it. You can't mount. And uh, the accuracy like just goes to shit uh, after a couple of rounds. But on the flip side, it's fucking hilarious. And me and Nate were rolling about with uh, shields and the chain gun. Uh, well, I had the chain gun. He had, I think he's got like the... Uh, what's the vector called in uh, Warzone? It's like called something else, the Fennec. He right. had the Fennec, I had the Finn. And uh, yeah, we're just tearing cuts up. The irony was mm. like we got this combo a bunch of times. We just, I don't know if they injected more money into the game or what, but um, yeah, they just had like we had low. At one point yesterday, I had fucking 38,000. Uh, like cash, and the like. This was before. This is like two minutes into the game. I had fucking insane amounts of money. Um, yeah. So yeah, buying like multiple loadouts and just gearing up. And the irony was like for the first like four times we attempted to do anything with it. Uh, we just like never had the opportunity. Because you've got to get really close for this thing to actually do anything. So with the shield, you're actually better off trying to close the distance. And like each time I did it, instead of switching to the fin to finish him off, the chain gun to finish him off, I'd just fucking dermite them and they'd be dead. Yeah. Like why would I do it any other way? But uh, yeah, still, once I did actually get to use it, uh, it was disgusting and hilarious. Uh, very easy gun to unlock, but the chain gun variant doesn't come into play until level 57. So I had to play like... Oh, wow. Yeah, I popped like an hour of double XP, double weapon XP, and then just played shipment yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, it that was gross. Gun. Yeah, with just that, <laughs> that gun. Uh, it, was, it was gross. Uh, I felt like a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, but now I've got the dumbest gun in the game. That's pretty exciting. They're doing a lot of those, like, uh, here's a new gun. You've got to do a bunch of challenges to try and get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it was the Cali sticks and then the uh, the Katana at one stage, and then now there's, like, this that I've seen going around. And the Bruin and, like, like basically all, yeah. of those, all those weapons, you have to do a bunch of dumb challenges to unlock them. Um, I like it. Like, as a, like I just bought the swords because fuck doing... What was it, like, fucking... Backstabs or some people. shit. Like, fuck that. Uh, but, yeah, like... Yeah, if you can, like, provide people with an alternative method for unlocking stuff, um, mm. why not? Do it, do it. Yeah. It's yeah. a good idea. That's cool. Yep. Um, yeah. All right, anything else to add about Warzone? Um... Got a good win. Yay. It was disgusting. That's all. There's a clip up on the Discord. 
Yeah. We hid nice. in a corner and then murdered some cunts. It was hilarious. <laughs> Classic. They Classic uh, shield strategy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. God. We'll talk about Warzone a bit later in the news. Um, anyway, got a, a two more games here. One of them is uh, Control, A-W-E, the DLC for the uh, Game of the Year 2019 for the Gap. Unanimous. Hmm. Um, this is the Alan Wake uh, DLC that they've been teasing for a while now. I don't know where to start with this one. Um, maybe do like a quick recap of what the fuck Alan Wake is for people that have maybe forgotten. Don't Because uh, sure. it came out in 2010. That is uh, crazy. Which unfortunately was released during the same week as Red Dead Redemption. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't to... Uh, it wasn't Remedy's fault. That was kind of like Red Dead was delayed. Yeah. And uh, I think Alan Wake was already in that spot. And then Red Dead put a date on their game and was like, we're coming out this week. Um, so unfortunately, they went up against one of the biggest games of that year. Uh, but it, I guess it ended up with like this cult sort of following it sold a, a lot um it had legs at least and yeah. it's still available now i think you can play it on um game pass if you've got game pass otherwise they've they've pretty much got it on, on most platforms at this stage you can check it out um like pc and that sort of stuff anyway um alan wake well it was a, a supernatural thriller game released in 2010 sort of inspired by like stephen king twin peaks lost a lot of those sort of things um he was a uh, alan wake was a best-selling author um he wrote a series of books about a character called alex casey um who was a cop and basically max Payne. um that's who it was <laughs> i mean you could look at the covers of the books when the games and be like oh yeah okay max Payne. um but he was called alex casey uh and he ended up having writer's block and him and his wife, Alice, go to a town in Bright Falls um, to try and clear that writer's block. And they end up staying at a place called Cauldron Lake. Uh, and there is this island in the middle of Cauldron Lake with a lodge on it. And so they go there. That's where they're staying. And some weird stuff happens. And Alan's wife goes missing. He can hear her calling out. And, and uh, she kind of just disappears. Uh, Alan is attacked by something. He ends up getting like blacked out and a week goes by after he wakes up and he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, he goes back to town. He's talking to a bunch of people and then they basically think he's like sort of crazy because there's no, there's no cabin in that lake. It's just kind of, there's no, there's not even an island type thing. Um, so the story progresses and he ends up um meeting a character called dr hartman who is running this lodge um which is kind of like a mental institute for artists so um people like alan or musicians and writers and stuff like that and uh he basically is like explaining that his wife you know alan your wife has died You've, you're making all this sort of stuff up um he ends up escaping that institute and this supernatural dark presence ends up taking over the town of Bright Falls. Um, and so that's kind of like the setup of the game. And so throughout the game, Alan is finding these manuscript pages that 
he has apparently, apparently written. Um, and it's sort of foretelling the events that are taking place during the game. So he's somehow writing the things that are coming true around him. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the dark presence, this sort of, um, entity that's taken over the, the town is trying to escape Cauldron Lake. And the way that it does that is by drawing its power and using artists and creators to try and help them escape. And so that's what it's kind of doing to Alan. Um, and long story short, he ends up defeating the um, the big bad in the game by using this clicker, uh, which is like a, a, a light switch device. Um, and it ends up uh, killing this thing, but he gets trapped in the dark place of the, the middle of the cauldron lake. Uh, and the end of the game is like him behind a typewriter in this trapped place and Alice is out in the world and calling for him. And so that's kind of the end of the Valon Wake at that stage. The DLC of the game dives into um, uh, more into like where Alan is trapped and it focuses on a character called Thomas Zane who uh, is mentioned quite a lot in the original game. Um, and he's basically like a, a poet from the 70s who it's revealed um, Dr. Hartman was actually his assistant and that's how he came, like became obsessed with the uh, Cauldron Lake. Like he knew something was up. And so it turns out all along that uh, Dr. Hartman was somewhat involved. He was trying to like draw the power and trying to figure out what was going on. Like he knew something weird was happening there. And so uh, that DLC ends with kind of, well, those two lots of DLC kind of end with uh, Alan um, tr- suggesting that like he knows how to escape now. He f- he's figured it out, and it it's him now writing, trying to figure out how to write his way out of the game. And it's like Return by Alan Wake. It's like the last manuscript page. He's kind of like fine. Um, and so that's kind of how that series ends. Obviously, we've got some details of like Remedy tried to make a sequel to that game, and then um, Microsoft wouldn't really bite. And so it kind of ended up not really going anywhere. They ended up doing um, Quantum Break with Microsoft. They were tied into these um, like miniseries TV style episodic content that Microsoft was really going for. Um, Didn't really work, but they had some really cool ideas there. There was some teasers in Quantum Break in relation to Alan Wake, um, but that that was kind of a separate thing. And then uh, obviously control comes out um, and, and I won't go too in deep into spoilers and that, but that that's a game that if you haven't played it, ob- definitely go play it. Um, it's about a uh, supernatural sort of federal bureau government agency that looks after these weird events that happen across the world. And um, I don't know, you kind of put it like an X-Files type yeah, situation or, or where S- going SCP out and, type thing, you know. Yeah. And um and, and uh yeah, the, these weird things that happen throughout the world, they kind of investigate it and try and figure out what's going on. And during that game, spoilers because this leads up to what is happening in this DLC, but you start finding evidence and manuscript pages and 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 things like that about what happened in Brightfall. So the stuff that happened is in Alan Wake ends up like you're finding things about it in this game and uh it's not like one or two things there's there's a significant amount of um 
stuff that you uncover during that game, which which come up and uh, to the point where when I was playing that game for, we, I think we both had early copies for review. Yeah. Um, I was convinced like halfway through this game that it was going to do like a, a twisty to everything where you get to the end and you find out this is actually like an Alan Wake sequel. That's where I thought it was going because it was just so much of that stuff in there. And I thought that would have been a cool moment. Kind of like when you watch, um, no, I won't say that because that's a spoiler. But oh, no, you got into movie. what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah. That- you know that M. Night movie? You watch? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 happens, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that'd be fucking awesome. They don't go that far. Mm. But at the same time, there's all these like awesome threads that they kind of pull in there. And so um, then they started teasing this uh, AWE expansion and they had like in the middle of the letter, Alan Wake standing there with his flashlight and people fucking lost their mind. Um, and so since then, Remedy's come out and said that their games are connected in some way. They're in the Remedy connected universe. Uh, there are references to um, like Max Payne in control and and Alan Wake and well i guess casey alex casey's kind of like max Payne in that that world um but there's references to uh, quantum break stuff like all of their games have these little loose threads and it's at this point where they're like all right they're actually connected in something that's something's something more than just like references they're not easter eggs there's something going on here um and so yeah i've, I've now had a, a chance to play uh control awe it comes out i believe well, by the time you hear this it'll be out because it's i think there's like a two hour embargo on this um but it, it sort of kicks off with the events after control um you're still in the oldest house and um almost immediately you find a uh, you get a, a message from alan wake uh through the hotline and it's him at the typewriter basically describing what jesse is doing at that moment which is walking towards an elevator uh and it's it's him saying like you know uh there's now she she finds a button that was in the elevator that wasn't there anymore and it's weird because she hasn't seen it before and that's kind of where that game kicks off like it goes straight into it and um so you are exploring a new place in the oldest house called the investigation sector and from here that's where like you are basically playing um it's not an alan wake game but it may as well be a um uh, like a an addition to that game like this is an alan wake dlc at the end of the day it's not like a little like they're throwing bits and pieces in there like the whole thing is about what happened to alan wake and what's going on and you you are reading about characters in that universe and what happened to them, um, his wife and things like that and what they've been going through for the last 10 years. Um, uh, there are, uh, uh, you know, other characters. I don't want to mention like exactly what happens, but there, there's a lot going on here. Like if you are a giant fan of, or if you liked Alan Wake and you understand um, a lot of that game, then this is like, this is the thing you've been hanging out for in terms of like when are they going to do more Alan Wake stuff because that this is entirely what it is it's filling in the the last 10 years of what happened and what he's been doing and all the weird shit that's that's gone on in this world and um i feel like a really good refresher of that game would be to go onto youtube and 
watch a fucking Alan Wake recap, like a five minute recap. Um, Who fucking needs to? You just spend like the last fucking forty five <laughs> well, minutes taking us through. You, I, I, th- I think what it- I like is that at one point you said to make a long sh- story short, and I'm like, this is the short version, <laughs> motherfucker. There's anyway. a lot of stuff that happens in the game. Weird <laughs> shit. Um, All right, I'm not going to talk because Luke definitely loves Alan Wake. You tried, you tried to vote that, that was fucking. Much. You tried to vote that that was game of the year over Red Dead. I remember. That was I your don't pitch. Think I did. You fucking 100 percent did. <laughs> I did. You absolutely did. You're fucking high. I probably Alan didn't. Wake. Yeah, 100. No. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is like it's it's absolutely it's Alan Wake. It's not an Alan Wake sequel, but it's it's like an extra juicy bit of content where, um, where, where there's filling in so much uh, details about that world and what's happened. Uh, there's also a lot of side like stuff that's not involved in that universe. So um, there's a few like altered items and things like that that you sort of investigate in there. It's probably about six hours, five hours all up the amount of content. Um, there's a lot of like added um uh like these arcade machines that they give you and they add in like horde modes um you right. can also go replay bosses that you've fought before and and do that stuff again so they're sort of like putting a couple of extra things in there where you can um go back and do some more replayability and own some more items and that sort of thing um which is cool there's also some um and this isn't actually part of the update. It's going to be a free update, but a bunch of the stuff that I complained about in my last review for the Foundation uh, DLC, hmm. they, they've fixed, which is good. Um, one of them being that the boss fights were still ridiculous with their checkpointing. Um, they've put checkpoints into the boss fights now, so Yay! that is really forgiving. They've also, um, and I never experienced this because I wasn't bad at video games, but they moved a bunch of the checkpoints closer to boss fights. And um, I know that's something that you complain about. I'm thinking the one that comes to mind is the anchor fight. You remember that one? Yes. I think that's probably one that they've they've moved closer to the checkpoint. Cool. Um, sorry, the actual like control points, they've moved them closer. But I think right. they've also put checkpoints into the boss fights as well to cool. make things a bit easier. Um, there's a bunch of new accessibility features in the game as well. You can sort of uh, make changes to how much damage uh, you deal and take. So uh, making things a bit easier for some people that find that game a bit tough because it never had any um, like difficulty options. You couldn't just set it to like easy. There was just you play it the one way. So that that's that's really that's really good. And um, yeah, in terms of the gameplay, like. They lean very heavily. This is a dark game. It is um, like Alan Wake was all about the dark presence and you using a flashlight to get rid of the presence. And you're always in, not always, but for the most part, it was at nighttime that game, right? Mm. And um, this very much feels like a continuation of, of a lot of those elements of you're in the oldest house in this section of the building that has been... Um, reopens but it's 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 dark there's lights out you've got to be carrying the um you got to use your abilities to carry like a flashlight for instance well not an actual but like a a type of flashlight and you've got to you find bits of the dark presence and you've got to try and 
use the flashlight on it and that'll clear open hallways for you and things like that. So they're taking those elements from Alan Wake and putting them in to this game as well. Um, so there's, there's cool things like that. I think that the actual environments uh, are um, pretty ordinary. Like if they, and I don't know if this is a design decision because of the nature of Alan Wake and uh, and also Control having these elements, recurring themes of like mirrors and that sort of stuff. But there are some areas in that game where you feel like or you, you go in there and you're like I've been in this area before like it's on the other side of the building but now they've kind of mirrored it again uh, so I don't know if that's just bad level design or if it's just the theme they're going for in this game because there is a lot of mirror imagery in this uh, DLC um, right. but at the same time the actual aesthetic of the areas are very very similar to the original game and so it just kind of feels like you're in more of the same at least the foundation had some little bit of difference in it it was going right. for some reds and browns and that sort of thing um this is kind of just like feels like another section of the oldest house like it's more more of that sort of stuff it's, it's not really showing me anything new that i haven't seen uh before which is a bit disappointing um there's a new weapon called the surge gun it's kind of like a grenade launcher it sticks to things and it can explode um, you can upgrade it and uh, add different types of attachments in there. There is um, a, a couple of new abilities in there. One of the ones that I haven't got yet because I wasn't paying attention and I was spending my points elsewhere was the launch ability. You can now grab three objects at once, once and f fucking peg it at people. So I don't know what that ends up looking like, but I'm trying to. It's like right. eight points which is quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm like halfway through getting that at this stage. Right. But yeah, they're, they're kind of like the the things that stand out for me in terms of a lot of the um, big changes that I can see in there. Um, but for the most part, it's it's all about the story. Like if, if, if that's a world that you're interested in, I think that it absolutely pays off. Um, there, there's obviously a lot of weird shit's happening there. Like if you don't really know the in-depth details about Alan Wake's story, I think it still works, but there's a ton of fan service in this game. Like it just keeps going. There is just so much happening. Um, yeah. Like you just, someone like me who knows a lot of that story inside and out, like they just keep referring to certain things and your mind is trying to figure out like where this thing's going. And I think the actual payoff in terms of the story, um, if trying to think of something without spoiling it but if you if you're invested in the alan wake series or the the franchise and you're trying to think about like where do they go next i think you need to play it because it, it goes places and they they kind of tell you where this where this is all going um we know that a remedy is working on something set in this universe the remedy connected the universe they 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 put a statement out um, a couple of weeks ago and like we talked about it on here um but i think by the end of this game you've got an idea of what they're working on i'll put it that way like okay. i feel like you get a good idea of where they're going yeah. or not even you just kind of know what what's going to be happening that's where it goes um 
I'm not saying it's going to be a like a. I'm not going to say anymore. Fuck it. That's. I'll go too far. Right. But yeah, man. Right. I, I thought this this was awesome. This DLC, like it's a. Um, you know, it's not bringing much new in terms of gameplay and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of the the world building, what it's doing by connecting these two two games or even three games, if you look at Quantum Break, um, yeah, it's nuts, man. Like this is the t- kind of storytelling that I want out of games for for these types of things. Like they, I still think Remedy does storytelling that you don't see um, anywhere else. Like you don't see this type of stuff in AAA games. It's just because it's too fucking weird, except for maybe Kojima stuff. Like that's right. the one place where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucking bonkers. Um, you don't think Remedy makes AAA games? Aren't they AAA? They work with the first no, party. No, I see, I see like, you don't see this in other AAA games. Other, right. I thought you said AAA. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, And then there's like, it kind of answers questions about like all of their games. Uh, I, it, it does a lot of Alan Wake stuff. It does a lot of the ARG stuff that I talked about, which they released in 2012. The, um, oh, fuck, what was it? Something in the woods. Um, uh, let me try and think about it. No, I'll go on blank. Anyway, they did like a ARG yeah, I in 2012. Remember. Yeah, which talked about um, weird events that were coming out of, that was potentially t- tied to like an Alan Wake 2, um, which never really went anywhere. But it's referenced in stuff like Quantum Break and it's referenced in Control. And um, again, it's there's stuff in here that is tied to that. So they're, they're definitely grabbing all of their previous products, except for max pain because they kind of they don't own that <laughs> anymore but they yep. still toy with that a little bit and it's 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 in they do stuff in in here um a little bit but it's it's more or less this is an alan wake um you know wrapping up that universe and and, and bringing it to you know to today and sort of being like all right well here's what we're doing with it and uh yeah here's what we're probably going to do next so i think it's awesome like I my brain was kind of just melting after I'd finished it um last night for a couple of hours just being like fuck like now what does this mean what does that mean and like I was going through video footage like freeze framing things and and looking at that sort of stuff cuz um I just I just dig all that sort of thing trying to figure out so I'm, I'm really interested to see what the community thinks and then like what a lot of their theories are Right. In terms of that game, because a lot of that that game is like you finish it, and I, I remember when I finished Control, just like talking to people, being like, "What the fuck do you think this means?" or "This that means." The same thing happened with the Foundation when I finished that. I'd messaging people asking them their opinion, like, "What's your theory on this?" and where this is going. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting, engaging writing that is um is just done so well. Did you um did you uncover an Easter egg? The the devs no. expected to require weeks to <laughs> unveil. No, that I found that we found that you found before launch before the game was released. <laughs> um, I looked. I, there was one thing that I did find that I don't know what it is yet. Um, and it could be nothing, but I still <clears throat> I do think it is something. So All right. I'll leave it at that. But cool. Um, I haven't jumped back into to checking it out because. I have to write a review at this stage and uh, I don't have a lot of time to do that. So fair enough. I won't, but, it, but I've, I finished as far as I can tell, I finished all of it. Um, cool. There's maybe one side thing that I need to do. So 
yeah, it's cool, man. I like that game a lot. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's not as hard as the last game. Um, sorry, the last lot of DLC kind of took me. It t- took me a while to to get back into the rhythm of it. Like it just kind of felt like that game threw you in the deep end. Yeah. Um, whereas this time around, it felt a lot more forgiving. Like they toned that difficulty down a little bit. Like oh, it's a refresher game. Like you know, it's it, uh that's the trouble with those types of games you jump back in and they kind of expect you to remember like hey yep. remember this game you played five months ago fuck you yeah um so that's uh yeah it's good it felt felt good i i really really enjoyed this a lot like it's got me super excited for what they do next um because it seems like they're working on a couple games and um that that like shooter that they're working on that korean shooter um some small in some smaller team stuff and then maybe maybe like two triple a games I, I feel like i read but yeah it's cool really good it's called awe um it'll be out by the time you hear this and uh if you haven't played control definitely check that out yeah um and if you haven't played alan wake then yeah probably <laughs> either either go check it out on games pass or, or steam or something like that just um I wind th- back the tape like yeah. 20 minutes to when Luke started recounting every single fucking detail of Alan Wake. Not a lot. Beat by beat. There's, there's stuff I missed. Second by second. Yeah, there's, oh, there's, stuff I, there's stuff I skipped. I didn't go into much detail of the time when he hops on a helicopter around scene 45. Yeah. I tried to touch on things that were relevant to what they're doing <laughs> in this uh, in this lot of DLC. Um, yep. Yeah. But there's, there's, it's it's really good. I, I dug it a lot. It's it's awesome. So check that out. Good stuff. Nice. Um, you, you never jumped in to check out the foundation, right? No, I was saying this the other day. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but my plan is to get a 30 series graphics card, yeah. which might be sooner rather than later. And then, uh, yeah, play control with RTX on. Um, mm. Like play through the DLCs with RTX on uh, to yeah. like, you know, see the RTX technology in all its glory because I can't really think of any other games that really use it, utilize it yeah. that way. So, yeah, that's my plan. Yeah. I kept I kept walking up to Windows, mm. like in the motel, being like, there's a fucking, there's a table outside. Like, what is that? Is, is it like... What's going on over there? And then I realized it was a reflection from <laughs> stuff behind me. <laughs> I kept doing that. Um, but yeah, that, that game, it runs so well now. Like I've got everything on for mm. the RTX options, all the reflections and shadows and lighting and uh, the DLSS, man. Every uh, That technology is so good because I I'm think I'm – Running it at about 90 frames with all those RTX features on, all the ray tracing stuff. So, yeah, man. that I I struggled to run that game with all that stuff on when it first launched. Yeah. Um, that's how far that technology has come. It's nuts. It's so yeah. good. It's so, pretty awesome. And, I, and, and with, with the new graphics cards, the 30 series, if they're saying that what they're capable of, which is, you know, 50% more power, then that's, yeah, that's awesome. It's going to look... Mm. It's gonna look sick. You just have to spend three thousand dollars to buy one. That's the only problem. That is the trick. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway. Nice. Cool. Maybe maybe we'll do like some spoiler stuff once you finish it. Good idea. 
pick people's brains. Yep. Um, yep. All right. One more game. One more game. PGA Tour 2K21 has been released. Um, this is from the developers of The Golf Club, who uh, made some very successful golf games, uh, but it's now being brought under the 2K banner, and uh, they're probably going to be annualizing this as well. I think The Golf Club was coming out pretty much every year anyway at that stage, um, or at least every, you know, 15 months type thing, pretty pretty regularly. And uh, had a pretty good following because there aren't a lot of golf games out there to sort of pick up and play. Um, yep. we I don't even remember the last time we talked about golf game on here. We, uh, we were definitely playing golf games at one stage and it might have been the golf club because um, I yeah. know we were playing them before and after podcasts at one point. Yep. <laughs> no, that was that but, was yeah. not the golf club. That was It was definitely something. That was fun. Yeah. Heath was still on the podcast back then. That was fucking yeah, ages back. It's like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I heard really good things about this game. So I, um, uh, 2K sent us over some copies, which is very nice of them. Mm. And you and I have been playing a bunch with, um, I've been playing a bunch by myself, but also been jumping in with some other listeners who have picked up the game and we've been playing uh, with them, right? Yeah. As well. Yep. Uh, um, I don't like it. You don't like it because no. you keep losing now. That's what's going on. Let's we're gonna have to break this down because uh, yeah, as always, as always, every great review like requires self reflection, and upon self reflection, I have come to uh, f- full terms with the fact that I'm not very good at this game. Um, you're you're yeah. I don't know if not very good is the right word. Go on, cunt. Let's fucking hear it. All right. All right. Okay. Let me, let me like fucking. All right. So that game. So we played a game, uh, a four stack. We had a four stack. It was you, Drew, Heath, and me. And uh, for the first like seven holes, uh, it was pretty close. Maybe first six holes. It was pretty close. Right. Uh, and then I got worse. Uh, Drew barely held on to steady ground and you and Heath, uh, like streaked out into the lead and, uh, gained mm-hmm. an insurmountable lead that, yep. uh, I was obviously never going to catch, but, uh, yeah. Right. So I want to break down what happened there. What I think happened there, right? Golf is a game of concentration. Right, obviously, it's a game where concentration is everything. Uh, Let's put aside the fact that for whatever reason, every single time I putt, I honest to God think this is the game's fault, but uh, I will cop to the idea that it might be my fault. Uh, I think it's the game's fault, right? Honest to God, I think it is because I have done the fucking calibration, right? Uh, you know, you, you go into the driving range and you calibrate 10 shots, right? Mm-hmm. And so my, my shots are, my my swing is calibrated, right? But every single time I fucking putt, and even when I'm looking at the putter, I drag down and drag back up again, and it is three millimeters to the fucking right of the line. And it's like dead straight, but 
three millimeters to the right of the fucking line every single fucking time, right? I think the game has calibrated my putter incorrectly. And I think I need to go back in and somehow calibrate it so that it's a fucking straight up and down line, right? And the putter is like, this is dead serious. This is not like a goof. It is a dead straight line that is off fucking off to the right. And so every time I fucking miss, and you can see it when we play, I miss to the fucking right because that's how the putting works. It's like, well, I guess he wanted to hit it to the fucking right, right? But I didn't. It's a dead straight line. And when I swing the fucking club, the only reason I ever fucking go left or right, usually left, is because I'm too fast, right? I, I don't have the timing on the fucking backswing and downswing or whatever the fuck, right? I do not have that timing. That's fine. That is, that's actual, like, I need to be better, right? But as you, like, as I demonstrated for through the fucking first six holes of that fucking game we played together, right? I'm actually able to fucking compensate for that shit, right? I just ain't, like, I think I played golf back in high school. That's the, like, apart from driving ranges, I've been to a lot of driving ranges, but like, uh, the only time I actually played golf was back in high school, which is, good Lord, 20 years ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, but even then, right, I could tell, right, when I hit it, it doesn't matter what I do, uh, like, it, it, I tend to hit it across my body, right? That's just what I do. That's how I play golf, apparently. So, if I'm aiming in real golf, or when I was aiming in real golf, I would aim, or when I'm aiming on the driving range, when we're trying to hit a fucking golf cart that's driving around, right? I aim so that I just, so that I'm probably going to hit across my body. It's not that big a deal. Like, that in itself isn't that big a deal. Obviously, ideally, in an ideal world, I'd hit the fucking ball straight, right? But I can compensate. And I actually think, like, the golf, uh, sorry, PGA 2 or 2K21, although when I capture in uh, Shadow Play... I don't know if you've noticed this, but it captures into a folder called the Golf Club, which I think lays bare the fact that they just reskinned and fucked the game to death with some online, always online horse shit. But uh, anyway, that aside, um, yeah, like uh, the like PGA Tour game, PGA 2K221 game actually adjusts. I don't find that I'm like... Half the time I, I outdrive, like you and I have the same club. I should always be outdriving Heath and Drew because they don't have, they're not using the same driver. We've got some fucking pay to win driver or whatever the fuck. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. we got like the collector's edition of the game. So we got a better driver than, uh, like I outdrive you even when I still, I hook like hooks across the body, right. And slices away from the body. I, I never fucking remember this. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Anyway, even when I hook it, and I almost always hook it, right, I still outdrive you sometimes, and you hit it dead straight basically every fucking time. Basically every time off the tee, you will hit it dead straight because you're playing with, like, uh, a mouse, and you've got, what did you say, a book? You've got a book there to keep it straight? Because you're a fucking hacker? Anyway, um, (laughs) like- Because I think you said it was a roar, and I said, no, it was a book. It's true. <laughs> Two books. Uh, 
Because the ruler was the old, that's the old trick that you do for Tiger Woods or whatever the PGA Tour game was back on PC. I can't remember. Like 2K or 2001 or whatever. Yeah, because the old systems used to be this, uh, like the triple click system, right? You'd click yep. it once to start your swing, you yep. get to the top of the swing, you click it again, and then you down the bottom, you click it. And that would sort of determine whether you hook the ball or sort of how much power it's got. Whereas this is now um, using either analog stick or your mouse. I'm using a mouse, you're using an analog stick to sort of determine how much power and then how much to the left or right the ball goes. So it's it's... I don't think it's I don't think three click systems in this game. No, from what I looked. There well, was that, a that was that was the stage. EA that was EA's system. You know, this is completely divorced. And I think the, the Lynx Tiger games one, used to do that. Oh, uh, did they? I don't know. Yeah, the, the old Lynx games. Yeah. Um, but the yeah the Tiger Woods games transitioned away and onto the thumbstick, uh, yeah. fucking ages ago. Uh. My problem, my biggest problem with that is that for the longest time, I like my muscle memory of the Tiger Woods games. Like when we first started playing this, I couldn't hit shit. I had to spend like just to get to a point, just to get to the point where I finish a game two over par when you're finishing twelve under par. Uh, just to mm. get to that point, just to get to a point where I'm not finishing twelve over par, I had to spend. I spent like fucking twenty minutes at the driving range trying to get my fucking timing in, right? But this brings me back to my fucking broader point, right? I think it's the game's fault, right? For six holes, I stay neck and neck with you guys. Uh, and then, right, being Captain fucking Mind ADHD games. that I am, hey? Mind games. Mind games. Mind games. My problem is, right, you'll notice, right, I stay neck and neck, right, while the bants are flying, while we're all fucking having a good time and fucking giving each other shit, Right. <laughs> Bants are yeah. flying, I, it's all neck and neck. And then as soon as, like, we run out of shit to talk, right, we're like, well, the only stuff I've got left is hurtful stuff, and I probably don't want to go nuclear <laughs> at this point, so I'm probably, like, unless I'm going to repeat myself, I'm probably not going to say anything anymore. Um, yeah. Right? And once it all dies out, because, because PGA 2K21 has such fucking garbage spectator options right my options when when you guys are doing anything is to sort of sit there and i can either switch between uh a view angle that is slightly to your left or slightly to your right those are my options yeah. for watching i don't want to look doing. at the right either i don't know why the default is oh, i, right? I want to look yeah. behind you I, yeah right so like, because my garbage, like, because my options for spectating are fucking shit, right? Maybe I can see if you change clubs. That's it. Oh, and I can see if you practice swing. Uh, by the way, by the way, Which you everyone, right? There's a golf club across the fucking road from where I live, nuts. And I should be allowed to fucking practice swing as much as I fucking like, right? Nobody, nobody, when you're playing real golf, goes, oh, you do it on a practice swing. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, right? Stop talking to my back backswing, first of all, because you can't always fucking do it. And second of all, let me practice swing as much as I fucking like, right? Because that's the only... Like, I, I, all I want to do is have some idea of what this fucking golf club is going to do. But every single fucking time, you guys goad me into fucking... Oh, no. Oh, Jody's, Jody's practice swing. And I've got some fucking forward or some shit. I'm like, I don't fucking know what the fuck this thing that looks like fucking cross or some shit and I'm like fucking I guess oh they're gonna make fun of me so I just fucking swing like shut the fuck up 
Anyway, back to my- I didn't know there was a practice swing until I started playing with you. Yeah. (laughs) I was very confused. (laughs) Anyway. And and you like won by four fucking strokes when you started using the practice swing. So, you know, just throwing that out there. I didn't use it. Get the fuck out of here. You used it constantly. Uh, Anyway- (laughs) Yeah, if the spectator options weren't so fucking garbage, if I could do anything, if I could go, like, zoom around the fucking course, like, I don't yeah. even know what a course looks like. When we first get to the tee, right, whoever's whoever's going first is the first person to have some idea of what this fucking course looks like, right? Hmm. Otherwise, we're just, like, sitting there. Then, like, fucking Heath will be up. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to clear this water. And we're looking at the fucking tee, with no fucking idea. We're just like, what water? There's water on this fucking, like, hole? We didn't, like, we did, I didn't even know there was fucking water. Like, we got no idea. Until, and then he hits it, and he fucking, I don't know, doesn't clear the water. Uh, and, like, oh, okay, so there's water. Fair enough. Mm. Like, that's yeah. fucking shit. It is so bare bones. Some of the shit they do in this game is just... The fucking least they could do. Like, it remind, it makes, it feels like fucking, remember NHL 15 when they were transition, was it 15? I don't know. One of the, one of the games where they're finally transitioning to full fucking next gen, right? Yeah. And it was the fucking sloppiest fucking hockey game you'd ever fucking played. Like, it didn't have mm. like all this shit that was just basically taken for granted in a, a hockey game. And like, but it looked pretty. Like, get the fuck out of here. I want spectator options. I want to be able to, like... like, Why is it that we, every single time we play a new fucking round of fucking golf, we have a fucking 15-minute discussion of which rules we're supposed to put on because every time I change fucking courses, it changes all the rules again, and I've got no idea what any of this shit means. Right? Like... Why the fuck is that the thing? Why can't I just have a set of rules that we play on, like, whenever we play together? Like, how is it? How is that that hard? I don't want to use the open settings, because everyone's... Otherwise, I would be playing on fucking amateur and actually belting you cunts, because you guys are probably playing on pro or some shit, with an actual a challenge appropriate to you guys, while I am very much an amateur at this game. I yeah. play the career mode on pro-am, and I like it because it, f- it makes sense to me that I should be playing on a level where I hover around par, right? That seems, that makes sense, right? Yeah. You should hover around par, right? If you're hovering around 18 under par, perhaps you should be playing on a higher difficulty level. That's what yeah. makes sense to me. But yeah, you That's guys- That's what were- I was doing when I first started. I Like I was playing on- um- Maybe it was amateur, the second yeah. lowest difficulty. Yeah. Um, and I won my first game like 17 under, something like that. And yeah. then I started I- playing the um, the tour mode, the my career mode, and was belting people. And then I jacked it up to pro-am. pro-am, pro-am. Um, now I'm hovering around like six under, seven under, but still kind of winning yeah. games or coming second. So it feels like I'm a good spot. At this stage, I don't know. Maybe I need to jack it up again. Maybe. Because, yeah, I well, I went the reverse. I went through the fucking uh, the tutorials. Like, the, the game starts off with, like, a basic tutorial. I'm like, 
All right. And like my first swing, like just straight belted it. I went, cool. Mm. Putt went straight in. Like I didn't need to redo any of this shit. And when it finished, it was like recommended. I think it recommended. And it yeah. put me on fucking pro. And I'm like, okay, cool. Easy. Plan on pro. And like my fucking first swing off the tee is like into the car park. And I'm like- 90 degree hook. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy. Uh, this doesn't seem right. And like yeah. the first hole, I'm like seven over par. I'm like, this seems pretty fucking hard, eh? And I went through all the settings and I like looked through them all. I'm like, I'm going to drop it to Pro-Am and I'll see how I go from there. And I play on Pro-Am. I'm like, yeah, I, I struggle to get par. I would probably be under par if any of my putts ever went anywhere that I thought they would. I've got, I turned it on unlimited fucking putting line and the putting I'll like, I'll aim and like, I'm pretty good. Like, I don't think I need the putting line, Uh, but I'd like to do it anyway because it tilts the fuck out of me. I put the, I'd like, I'd aim first time and then I'll hold A to see the putting line and go straight into the fucking hole. I'm like, cool. All right, and then I putt, and then it goes fucking wherever the fuck it wants. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Or I just uh, I aim to the like, you know. I'm like, okay, well, I'm aiming to the right of the hole, so it should go somewhere else, and it just goes wherever the fuck it wants. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I fucking know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I don't understand putting, but uh, yeah, if I could, if I could putt, I'd be competitive in this game. I think. Mildly competitive. Yeah. I wouldn't be finishing two over par or whatever the fuck it is I ended on. I think it might have been more. I think by hole 18, I'd full fucking, I'd tilted 100%. Like I'm on fucking seesaw and full guys. I'm like, cool. Fuck this. Yeah. Putt, 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 18 over par. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Fuck. Anyway. Is this why Heath chips everything? Oh, 100%. <laughs> When he started chipping and he, we got it in, I was like, I've never gotten a chip in. I've played like 15 hours of this game. Yeah. I've never chipped a fucking ball anywhere near a hole. It's usually like 10 feet too short or like it goes <laughs> over. He He's like first chip straight in. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how can I learn? We used to, when we played PGA, uh, we played a lot of PGA. We used to fucking chip all the time. It was like mm. the fucking, it started out style points. And then like at some point, right, it flipped around and putting a ball in became style. You'd like, oh. if, if you wanted to like really flex on Heath, you'd putt the ball in because we got to a point where like chipping was basically a guarantee. Like it was far harder for us to putt a ball in than it was to chip. And so, yeah, we just chip all the time. And, yeah, anytime we wanted to really fucking tilt the other one, uh, the other guy, we would start chipping. Uh, we'd start putting just to fucking flex. Oh, I'm, I'm fucking four strokes ahead. Hey, so I'm going to putt this one in. And it'll, like, come fucking two millimeters short of the fucking hole. And you'd be like, I don't give a fuck. Tap it in. And he'd chip it in so he could catch up. And that's how it fucking went. Speaking of uh, PGA, sorry, Tiger Woods PGA. What the fuck is the point of the career mode in this? This is just an opportunity to play a bunch of fucking golf. That sounds super cynical, 
But remember in Tiger Woods PGA when you'd play the career mode and you level up and you'd fucking like power up your character and you'd fucking, oh no, I'm going to add some fucking Stats. strength to my fucking, yeah, drive strength or something. Or like, oh, yeah. now I putt better or some shit. Yeah, that doesn't exist in this. This is just, no. this is like, this is some bare bones shit. Your character, the only difference between my character and your character is that your character is dressed like a fucking idiot and my character looks like he probably puts drugs in girls' drinks. Uh, like, that's the only difference between the two characters, right? I'm definitely going to change <laughs> my dude's motif because he does make me uncomfortable. Uh, but uh, I've, got some, I've got some good ones that have made yeah. since we've last played. Right. But yeah, like, what's the fucking what's the fucking point of the career? To listen yeah. to the commentary I, I about, you, like, you I do, I do think the commentary is fucking stuff. phenomenal. I, do you? I've, yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. I hate it when I'm playing multiplayer and they never shut the fuck up. But I love it when I'm right. playing single player. Uh huh. And yeah, they 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 say some fucking wild shit. They especially like in that first game when I was playing like absolute garbage. They're like talking about yeah. like let's go watch some other someone else. <laughs> And shit, I'm like, this is, I like this. This, I mean, I prefer for you to not be saying it right now, but like, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Rip me up. Like, this is fucking funny. Uh, no, that was, that was weren't pretty they, Weren't they like giving you, I think you were saying this when we were playing, they were giving you shit about you, you weren't going to hit the ball any, like into the <laughs> hole anyway during a putt? Yeah, like, you know, he's that not, that was, you would miss. That was, I think Drew was conveying that Drew. particular, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. not helpful in the middle of my putt either. But uh, yeah, they're like, oh, he's never right. going to make this putt. Uh, they were right. I didn't. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no. Like, I, I like the commentary. I do not want to know during multiplayer. I wish it was off by default whenever you enter the multiplayer. I don't, know, I don't know why it turns on in multiplayer. But uh, yeah. Mine doesn't. I've uh, got mine off permanently. Oh, no. I would like it. I would like for it to turn itself off. In multiplayer, right? Uh, yeah. So I can I don't have to turn it back on when I go to single player. Not that I play that much single player because it feels pointless. What's the fucking point, mm. right? And getting kicked out of a game because of a network area error. Uh, what the fuck is the point of that? It's a single player fucking golf game. I should be able to play this on my own. Uh, you know, like I should be able to take a laptop down to a fucking golf course and not have to fucking connect to fucking the 4G network just to be able to play a fucking golf game, right? Like, this fucking... It's ridiculous that it's always on. For what? To protect 2K's precious fucking currency? Like, that you use to buy some garbage that nobody gives a fuck about? Get the mm. fuck out of here. Like, it doesn't even have the excuse of the... the basketball excuse of, oh, well, but you'd be able to spend infinite vc to level up your character to full stats or some shit not that that no. matters in any way whatsoever but it's pretty fucking annoying that uh yeah i'm <clears> yeah. stuck not here it's all cosmetic play. items right it's and, entirely oh, actually, you yeah. can buy golf clubs i guess i guess you can yeah and but like most of them uh like worse or better or whatever yeah, it's not like they're here's the overpowered golf club. They've all got like negative and positive stats depending on what you got. Like this one drives further, but the stability is is harder and that sort of thing. <clears throat> like the forgiveness on it. Um, yeah, I, like I've been playing a bunch of the career mode. It's it's really good podcasting game for me because the 
it, it's um i can switch the commentary off which i've done all that sort of stuff it's great for that and the the quickness of the games man they they roll through i like i like that it's got a fast forward button that's brilliant <laughs> it's so good i don't have to watch um balls that are going nowhere near the hole or yeah. if there's something that's going towards the hole that i think is going to be a good shot like i'll watch that but for the most part i can just fire up a podcast um and, and i can play like three rounds really quickly within like uh 15 minutes i can get pretty much a hole done so that that stuff's really good um like it, there's all these problems you're bringing up but at the same time i'm still having fun with it like i'm still having i'm still enjoying playing it and um you know working through all that sort of stuff I, i'm definitely getting better at it because like i said i started on the the amateur one and got 17 under eventually moved to the pro and was doing fine but i'm getting to a point now where i'm really starting to kick some ass in those games and uh uh maybe i should jump jump it up one more level and see how i go on the the pro um settings and like how a bunch of that sort of changes your difficulty because i know it it seems like it's the the um forgiveness of the the aiming like how much power you're sort of giving it and that's like it it definitely takes me a couple times where i will just fucking whiff it like it'll go the ball will go somewhere else like i think that first game we played the first round i just fucking yeah it wasn't on the course it was gone like the ball was gone that was, it took me a while to get back into rhythm that was pool shark bullshit you were playing like <laughs> shit just to lure us into yeah. a false sense of security the dude who yeah. sinks the red the the wrong ball and is like oh i'm sorry i yeah. hit the wrong thing exactly and then you're like i'll fucking let's have a bet 200 dollars, and i'm like oh okay sure thing i don't know what i'm doing and then i bring my own fucking pool my pool um stick out and it's just yep. over at that stage yeah, you like slot it together and you're like oh god breaks why would oh my god we're in so much trouble yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't know it, it's a fun little like um <laughs> bullshit like talking shit multiplayer game but like we're uh, having fun yeah. all, all i can think of is if this game was so much like if it was even it's very light a yeah. little bit as good as fucking tiger woods was we would be having so much more fun hmm. like we would be like there'd be so much more to get out of the game if it was as good as that game that i played 19 years or 20 years ago tiger woods 2001 you know like right. it's just yeah bananas right like i just feel like it's so much further back than it should be. And, and I uh, wonder if that's because this is the first sort of iteration. We're sort of in between gens and maybe they're working on something else that'll come later down the line. Because um, I think as a golf game, there's like, it's solid golf. There's the bits and pieces around it, like you're talking about, like the, the career mode that feels a bit light. And, um, but then you got other aspects and there's a course designer and you can make mm. your own courses and that stuff is really cool and like you can share them out to other people and you can go on to the um the course designer sort of library and find what other people have made and grab them see what i think it's like what's hot or something like that sort of filter in different courses and like there seems to be a bunch of different courses in the game which is cool um yeah i played ones where i'm just on a fucking cliff and, and there's water all around and, and that sort of stuff so 
Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's very light in terms of what it gives you to offer, but I'm still having fun just smashing a few holes. Um, and it'd be cool if there was some more customization. I wouldn't be shocked if that ended up in next year's game. Let me see them go full NBA 2K. Where oh, 100%. We definitely will. I All that type of crap. Don't know if I... Like, I, I really enjoy playing with you guys. I do not mm. like losing. Uh, I've oh, never but I wonder if that's just because we need to change some of the settings. I've never enjoyed losing, right? But, no, I think I'm always going to lose as long as the spectator options are as shit as they are because I get fucking bored. Like, eventually, over 18 holes, I just get fucking... <laughs> Yeah, bored. And as long as my like, as long as I'm fucking locked in, I can keep up or be a little bit behind you guys, right? Like I am unequivocally not as good at the game as you guys are, right? But I can stay. I can stay under par. I can usually birdie every other hole, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll finish the game maybe six under or something like that. I'll probably like bogey something because I'll try something dumb. Uh, but like, as soon as, as soon as like my attention slips, it's over, man. Like, but there's no reason over. why we can't play that and we're using different controller settings. I, I don't see why that would be an issue or even but playing that with a handicap or um, like, th but that's, that's beside the fucking point, man. Like my point is like, if I could watch what you guys are doing, if I could stay engaged with the game more that would be better and i don't understand why the game doesn't have actual fucking like it's almost like it would be better to play the game in remote play together except for the fact that you or like whoever was playing across the fucking ocean would definitely mm -hmm. have fucked timing yeah, uh wouldn't like outside of that right but at least then you could still watch how other people are playing you could see what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't, but I don't like that. I, I, I prefer not to, like, if I go first, I don't want you guys to know where I'm hitting the ball, how much power I'm doing, how much spin I'm doing. Because I think that just gives you an advantage then of like, oh, his ball went a bit too far. Maybe I got to draw it back a little bit. Totally. I 100% agree. That's totally fair. But mm. I would still prefer to be able to do, I would like to be able to see the fucking hole. I'd like to be able to see what's yeah. 100 meters away from the fucking T. Uh, the amount of times I've pressed M on the game to bring up a map. Right. <laughs> and it's How the nice menu. would that be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's an issue that affects just the multiplayer at this stage. Because when you're playing single player. You don't see it. You just yeah, press the button and it brings it up. Although, again, doing a course flyby would be nice whenever. Like, it'd be nice to be able to do that whenever the fuck you want. Uh, without having to, like move uh you're aiming around and yeah. stuff obviously there's, there's no course easily with the rb or whatever but yeah like so you can just, be like oh this one's got three bunkers and a fucking river in the middle yeah um, can't wait to visit all instead, those bunkers <laughs> but it's dead yeah it's just like watching the uh the back of somebody like, oh, okay fair enough. yeah um anyway Anything else to add on that game? No. I think you're a bit more down on it than I am. I've been having fun. Oh, like, there's definitely issues. Yeah. But um, I, yeah. critically- I have fun in spite of it. Uh, it seems yeah. like you have fun. Uh, it facilitates fun for you. I have fun despite its many 
failings in my eyes. What well, I, what I, I can absolutely failings. see all these problems, but yeah. I'm still having fun as a golf yeah. game. Like it's doing the things I needed to do. It's hitting yeah. those those triggers. Um, yep. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff on there, and maybe it's because. I haven't hit those courses yet. Like there was one or two courses that I jumped in where I'm like, oh, this is a bit harder. Um, but f- things like hooking your shots and trying to get them around trees and that sort of thing, like I haven't had to deal with any of that stuff yet. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that comes uh, a bit later on. And then yeah. there's the whole thing of me not knowing how to chip a ball or <laughs> do anything like that. And when I see Heath or Drew do it, I'm like, what the fuck? Like how... They like, definitely played a, a lot of the, the golf club or golf club too and, and stuff. Like they yeah. they're definitely experts in the old in the HB Studios golf games. They're playing yeah. significant advantage and you still fucking whooped them. Ha! Ha! Yeah. Anyway, I, I think it. it's a good starting point for for them. Like NBA two K wasn't that good when that game first came out and they got to a point where you know they ea stopped making games because this was so bad so yeah. hopefully i mean they get to stage but i think it's a good starting off point um for them so yep yeah pga tour 2k21 out now um surprisingly i've seen a lot of people playing this game it yeah. seems to have gotten its hooks in a bunch of people which is pretty cool okay uh we got some news here uh, i guess we'll do a big a bit of an update for the apple versus epic stuff that's happening sure um where were we at last week? I don't know, I remember. It like shit was just going all over the place. They'd uh, like yeah. uh they'd sued uh Apple. Epic had sued Apple and Google uh with like a restraining order or something. Yeah. yeah. And then um Apple was going to terminate the um developer accounts and development tools used on iOS and Mac. Um, for the Unreal Engine, which was supposed to go ahead in about two days, I think, somewhere around about then. Um, since then, a bunch of this stuff has been brought forward to court. Um, looks like there's going to be another hearing in possibly, uh, I think it was September, sometime in September. Um, but at this stage, because I watched a little bit of it because it was on for whatever reason, and... Um, the judge seemed very lenient towards uh, Epic in terms of Apple wanting to remove the development tools. Like that seemed like a big no-no from the judge. Like they, she was not impressed by that at all. Um, but in terms of uh, what was happening with Fortnite, uh, Apple was trying to push forward that we have uh, terms of agreement and basically Epic is is the one that's causing the problems here like they're the ones they're the reason why this has been removed it's they're instigating this not us like we have our our, our terms if you want to be on our platform this is it and yep. they broke that agreement so uh, it's we haven't removed anything they've removed themselves and that's kind of what they're pushing for mm. um and so at this stage uh it looks like this next update for Fortnite is gonna kill um it's gonna be killed on the apple ios platform because i don't think this there's no injunction or anything that's kind of put a hold on that uh the only thing that they've kind of gone after at this point is the development stuff the unreal engine um it doesn't look like the judge is happy with that for this this part did you kind of read up on much of this or uh only only like about as much as you've said already i mean yeah like yeah 
it's like it's a pretty measured response. Uh, they they come back and and yeah, they're not insisting on Apple returning Epic to its platform, but they are insisting that uh, Apple doesn't deplatform everyone who's using the Unreal Engine, and that's like at the very least, mm. that seems fucking fair. Uh, um, like to go any further would be quite drastic um but yeah like I, I, microsoft also came out i guess and in support of epic um yep obviously because they're having problems with apple as well at this stage because they want to have their own platform with with cloud-based solutions which isn't happening on ios um so they they put their back into to epic as well yeah i wonder how microsoft would feel if epic were to circumvent the xbox store for fortnite purchases i wonder how they would feel then if they would still be backing epic if you could mm. suddenly purchase v bucks and have those v bucks go into your xbox live accounts can you i don't think you can I uh well no i'm not about to buy a bunch of v bucks but uh yeah i don't think that's possible so uh yeah i don't know i think that's that's that'd be an interesting twist on the situation but yeah hard to say right um so i'm I'm sure we'll keep we'll keep talking about this as stuff comes out but um yeah this is going to be it looks like a long process unless they settle on something but even then uh, it seems like epic is is in this for the long haul at this stage yeah um Next up, we have the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War reveal, which happened today uh, in-game in Warzone. Um, have you had a look at any of this footage yet? Is sort of what what happened in-game, at least? Or I can no, I haven't seen what happened in-game or anything. I, I just watched the I watched the reveal trailer, and that's about it. Uh, I didn't see yeah, okay. what was happening in-game at all. Uh, so in-game, um, the uh, you could jump into a game of Warzone. Um, and the actual UI was sort of a bit different. It, it said like, you know, Warzone event. There was a bunch of redacted marks in the, the, the UI that was happening. Um, you, you get into a game. <clears throat> um, the plane intro was different. It was a different looking plane. Uh, right. Looks like to be updated a little bit. You know, the, the front, it comes in and says like Verdansk and it's got like the time and all that sort of stuff. All of that was redacted. Um, you jump out of the plane. All the locations on the map were adapted, including the sort of like the effect they do where you're jumping out of the plane and you can see the big bubble, like text bubbles above the locations. They were all redacted. Uh, and then you get into the map and you've got these, you had these special tasks you needed to complete. Um, and <clears throat> that involved like a series of different things you'd go into. And I believe once you completed them, the uh, you got a blueprint um for a weapon and then eventually the circle would close into the stadium and there was a bunch of like videos that were popping up during the game like the screen was going all shaky and uh, russian text was popping up and so yeah basically the end part was it was forcing plays into the stadium uh and then when you got to the stadium at that specific time the uh the trailer kicked in the whole screen sort of went black and then the trailer popped up and started playing so uh, I thought it was done really well. Like there was a lot of changes in there. Um, 
you know, I think there was like planes, like Russian planes flying in over, over the top of the map at one stage. Just like really cool going for it, like Fortnite style uh, marketing sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, it looked it looked pretty cool. But anyway, uh, the trailer itself, it looks like um, looks like Call of Duty, right? <laughs> it looks like more Call of Duty. It's um, yeah, yeah. I, I still it's, haven't it's played. It's sort of gauge what it is. I still haven't played the single player of Modern Warfare. I played hmm. the first level and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. Um, so I just noped out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like more Call of Duty, I guess. I mean, yeah, they're going to meld it uh, with Warzone. Uh, we don't really super know how, but hmm. like, we still don't really know how. I guess uh, we find out soon, right? They're doing a multiplayer reveal. Yes, at some stage, um, yeah, next couple of weeks. But that that might just even be multiplayer and not battle royale. So, yep, I don't really know. Um, November thirteenth is the release, so that's a good. It's a good new console generation window. Um, yeah. A couple of days before before Cyberpunk at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Looks looks all right. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with Warzone. Uh, how they fold all that into it because it's doing Warzone's doing extremely well for them at this stage. Still got a good good player count. Uh, it's a lot of good changes. So yeah, be interesting to see what happens with that game. Um, yeah. <clears throat> next up, we got a uh, PlayStation have launched a pre-order website in the US for the PlayStation Five. It's sort of like a lottery system where you put in your PSN details onto a page. You submit them, and then um, I guess once they reveal the price or how much this thing's going to cost, they'll be sending out um, emails to people where you can log into a website and purchase a either a PlayStation 5 console or a PlayStation 5 digital edition console. Uh, they're limiting it to one per PSN ID. Um, and for the rest of the stuff, I think it's two. So if you want a um, controller, it's two controllers or two cameras or two charging stations, that sort of thing. So they're limiting all the purchases on that and it will be a, a timed window. So once you get the thing that says you can now purchase this, you've only got a certain amount of time to do that before um, allocations have all been handed out because they're saying it's going to be very limited stock. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the stuff sells out. It's um, It seems like it's going to be a hot ticket. So um, they're preparing for it. I don't know what this sort of means for retailers like uh, maybe they're given retailers a certain amount of stock you'd think they were but at the same time um you know they're trying to counter i guess people scalping this sort of stuff and yeah selling it at a ridiculous price so now what's your sort of feelings on this obviously this is us affected only at this stage it uh, this could stage, happen yeah. elsewhere um what are, you, what are your thoughts uh i'm not unfamiliar with the lottery system uh having bought uh some dumb fucking shoes before. Uh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of lottery system because I've never fucking won. Uh, I've never, ever, ever won in the lottery. I always wind up buying uh, my shoes at an un- inflated price. Uh, but uh, no, it does make sense. Uh, I was, I thought they were ramping up production. So uh, I don't know how many fucking PlayStations they expect to be selling, but uh, it must be a fucking, must be a couple uh, maybe, maybe this is the new evolution of fucking 
pre-orders. Maybe this is how we see pre-orders from now on. So we're going to be dumb lottery shit. I get a, like, there is a sort of, I get a slight vibe of the old Cartman land situation here where people are like, oh, well, it's a lottery. It must be going to sell out. I have to get into the lottery as soon as possible. So they're encouraging, suddenly people are pre-ordering as early as possible. But, uh, hey, maybe maybe there are limited amounts. Maybe they will sell out. Maybe uh, Mm. it's in your best interests to make your wife make a, PSN account so that you can enter the lottery twice, Luke. Yeah. So make sure you get one. Even if you don't want a fucking PlayStation, even if you don't want two PlayStations, buy them and flip them. Maybe. I have two PSN IDs. Ooh la la. So, because yeah, I've got a US account and a, um, an Australian account, which is really fucking frustrating. Don't get me started on <laughs> the fact that you can't fucking do that stuff. It's ridiculous. It's pretty gross. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That that's gonna be <laughs> we're still we're still waiting for someone to pull the trigger. It's nearly September and we don't have a price for any of these consoles yet. And they're supposed to be out in November. Uh so it's pretty wild. We'll um I, I feel like September has to be the cutoff, right? They they can't go into October without a price. It's just No, no fucking way. That's six ridiculous. weeks before. Yeah. They're like, we don't have a price. No. Uh, I maybe we see it tomorrow. Maybe Gamescom finally gives us the yeah. fucking prices. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Like, honestly, it's it's getting silly. It is it's getting, getting silly. fucking silly. <sighs> yeah. All right. Um, next up, we've got the uh, let's go Lord of the Rings game. Gollum. Oh. Gollum game. What is yeah. this? Um, so it was only briefly revealed. I thought it was a bit weird of a reveal. To reveal it the week before Gamescom, but maybe they're not ready. Maybe they're just testing the waters. I don't know. It's a teaser. It's a golem game, a stealth game um, from Datalik, who have traditionally made point-and-click advantages. Um, it's an interesting concept for a game at the very least. Uh, I don't know why anyone want plays golem. Maybe uh, we track his devolution from Smeagol to Gollum. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we get to meet his brother, Deagle. He's got a brother named Deagle, or a cousin or something. I don't know. Fucking J.R. Tolkien. It's just like fucking, I don't know. Change Deagle, one letter. Deagle. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Whatever the fucking names are. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we don't know a lot. Just a teaser. But, uh, I don't know. Lord of the Rings. Interesting concept. I'm uh, I'm definitely. What, Lord of the Rings is an interesting concept, or the game is an interesting. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. This is an interesting concept. I don't know. What the fuck Do you think it'll take off? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, yeah. like I said, Dale mostly make point and click adventures, so this is this is new territory for them. Hmm. The thing so, I'm yeah. not sure about is all the walking in Lord of the Rings. I don't know if that'll oh, work. Yeah. If they turn into a movie, it's gonna be too fucking long. A walking simulator, you reckon? Yeah. Um, the original. Yep. And uh, the yeah, um, yeah. last piece of news here, we got some a uh, bunch of Batman news. The finally revealed uh, Batman games. First one is a game from uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, Gotham Knights. This is the one that they've been teasing for shit, I don't know, a year now. Um, it's been a while. It's a uh, It's a game set in a universe where Batman has died and his sidekicks or other characters in that universe um robin 
Nightwing, Red Hood, and Batgirl uh, have to take up the mantle and keep Gotham safe. It's a uh, one to two player cult game, cult game, and you'll be taking on <clears throat> looks like Court of Owls, cool, some yeah. sort of fashion. Um, yep, I was all in on this man. Looks sick. It looks like a Batman game, right? I'm, I'm totally in. Yeah, I reckon it's gonna be fucking rad. Uh, yeah. Fully playable and co-op, and yeah, you just play as and then as one of the fucking characters that you want. I, I like and yeah, it looks like the camera's pretty close in, so it looks like it'll be a good action experience. Hopefully, it's open world. I don't know how that will work with like co-op, but yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway. From what I've read, because I gendered some pieces today, it is open world. Oh. It'll be um, you select whatever character you want. I don't think it's Sweet. forcing characters on you. You select between one and four characters. You can switch in and out at any time, it's saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, the thing that kind of got me concerned is I'm very invested in that Arkham universe. They've they've released a bunch of games. Um, Warner Brothers Montreal made an Arkham game um, of Batman Origins. Sorry, it wasn't an Arkham game, but it was set in that universe. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of thinking this was going to be like an extension to that like even when they were telling the story look at what was going on like batman is dead spoilers for batman arkham um knights which was the last game they put out batman died at the end of that game he yep. he did uh the night uh, nightfall i think it was yep. um the wayne manor blew up blah blah blah. batman's dead and i was like oh this is all right cool this is a continuation of what's going on there and all this sort of stuff but then they came out and said it's not part of the arkham universe it's a separate universe yeah. I was just kind of it deflated me because it even looks like an Arkham game. The style of it and all that sort of stuff. These characters. It, um, that was a, a huge backstep for me because I am uh, like I've spent so many hours playing those games and it just seems like a weird thing for them to do to be like, oh, no, no. Like it's the same sort of combat and it looks the same, but it's not it's not part of that world. Like it's different. And, and also like the, the storytelling, like Batman's dead, like. It just seems weird that they took some elements of those games and were like, we'll make a new game on that. But at the same time, trying to distance themselves as much as possible from from that world is so strange to me. Um, so that's the one thing I'm just feeling pretty bummed about, that it's not an Arkham game or it's not a, in the Arkham universe. It's so strange. And the thing that comes back to me is like, fuck, if they bring Joker back out again, I'm going to be so like, <laughs> stop wheeling that dude out. And are you convinced that Batman is dead? No, I don't think anybody even is convinced no. that Batman is actually dead. Oh, Although, like, it's going to be a fucking shit fight to see who gets to play as Batman when uh, you're playing the whole game in cop. And then suddenly it's like, Batman's not dead. You're like, Batman, you. <laughs> Someone has to play <laughs> nah. as fucking whoever the fuck. Robin. Robin. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, so yeah, that looks cool. I'm still a bit hesitant. It's coming out next year, as far as we know. That's what the release date is. Yep. Uh, the second game which they showed off, which is from Rocksteady Studios, um, is the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game. Um, so this is a game that's been in development for quite a while. It was originally a Superman game. We were hearing a lot of rumors about Superman. Yep. Um, then we were hearing rumors about a Justice League game, and this is probably that. So... It's set in Metropolis where you're playing as members of the Suicide Squad team 
um, what, what is it? There's Harlequin, King Shark, uh, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang are the four characters. It is, it's a co-op game, one to four players. It's, uh, they're, they're saying it's probably going to be a gas game um, where you are trying to kill members of the Justice League after, I guess, Brainiac has somehow taken control of members of the Justice League um, set in the Arkham universe. So probably Batman is not <laughs> my guess. It's weird. Anyway, it looks cool. Like it's in, it's a completely different aesthetic. It's in day. It's in the daytime um, as opposed to nighttime. Um, but like I I dig what they're going for. I'm keen to see what they do with those characters and the characters in the Justice League and then how that plays out. Uh, Roxy's got a good track record of making awesome games, but at the same time, I didn't see any gameplay, so I don't yeah. know what it is. Uh, I can't believe it's been, what, fucking eight years or whatever. Uh, they took eight years and uh, they pissed away all goodwill anyone had for Rocksteady uh, just to release a CGI trailer for a games as a service game. Uh, that told us that showed us fucking nothing, and is mm. for a game that's two years away. Um, I need to see fucking way more than what I've seen before. I'm even a little bit interested in this shit. Uh, mm. I got I got no interest at all at this point. If it's a games as a service game, then what I'm expecting is Avengers, and I don't want to play Avengers. I don't care if it is a DC version. Um, I I am pretty ride or die for DC, but uh, even I'm not that fucking fanging for the DC universe that I give a fuck about. A uh, yeah, some sort of Suicide Squad spinoff. Uh, I didn't, I don't know nothing like the the humor for this didn't land for me at all. And the thing when they did with I don't know I watched it live. Um, they had like Will Arnett talking yeah, to awful. characters. Oh my god. I did not like Why? that. Yeah. But at least he's going to be in the game, right? Uh, I think he, that's he was, why he was there. He was fucking hard carrying. Yeah. Like, holy shit. He was doing a lot of work to carry that fucking entire segment. Anyway, um, yeah. Like, cannot believe this game is two years away. I cannot believe that they revealed it the way they did. The rest of the DC fan zone was pretty cool. I watched a... Uh, I watched the Wonder Woman cast play uh, like Mafia or like Werewolf. Uh, yeah, I watched that, was that fucking- because it was on before yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. In, on before- Cut into my time. Suicide. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rather watched that again. I would have rather watched them play another game of that now that they all understood the fucking rules because uh, I th- thought that was pretty fucking entertaining. Robin Wright was the villain. It was hilarious. Um, and what else? Uh the Suicide Squad uh, cast reveal. I watched that. Or the the roster reveal. Did you watch that? You I skip? saw it. Yeah. How like is this going to be a twelve hour long movie? I think. It, what yeah. Is- I think. It, I think it's going to be fucking. Yeah, eighty hours long. But holy shit! Well, what a cast! Will that everyone? Wait, like, bring it on! <laughs> it looks fucking amazing. Some of the yeah. shit they've got going on. I'm in. Uh, and what else? The fucking uh, Justice League. Snyder Cut uh, trailer was oh, absolute yeah, wank. 
But uh, mm. I'm gonna watch the the four I'm hour that film for sure. movie. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, no. Apparently, it's not going to be four hour movie. It's going to be four one hour one things, hour but they chunks should, or sunk. They said they'd cut it all together as well. I hope so. Yeah. I don't want to watch a fucking TV series, whatever it is. Yeah. That sounds dumb. Anyway, yeah, there's some good stuff um, during that event. Uh, I feel like at this stage, I'm more excited about Gotham Knights than I am Suicide Squad, but I am 100%. I think yeah. I've had more faith in what Rock City can do with that world. Um, I just need to know what that game is. Like, I don't, I don't know what. Like a CG trailer is not going to do anything for me in that, in that, uh, in that world. Yeah, it seems like they spent a lot of time on that Superman game. They like it was obviously going to be in Metropolis. They're using that those assets and that what they've done in that world to put it into here and be like, all right, let's go with that. Um, yep. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. What else do we? That's it. That's it. That's all of it. Do we have any questions? No, we don't. We need questions. Oh. Come on, people. That's that's good. Um, All right, we can wrap things up then. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all the places you get your podcasts from. Uh, If you have a moment, please rate and review the show. Helps other people find it. Uh, If you want to send us any questions, you can email us thegapodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, We've got a channel in there. You can leave your questions or you can play video games or talk about call of duty there's a bunch of things going on there um otherwise there's like call of duty warzone happening pretty frequently at night i've seen people in there quite a bit um so you can go do that otherwise you can find us on social media facebook.com slash the ga podcast twitter.com slash the ga podcast you go to our youtube page the ga podcast.com slash youtube you can watch this video on the internet i'll chuck some um some control footage up there for this week i think i might have some pga tour 2k21 i think i recorded some of our our gameplay for that so i'll put that up there cool um so you can have a look at that one and what else do we have you can find our website thegapodcast.com it's got links to all things talked about today on the show including past episodes you want to go check out uh, maybe last week we talked about some cool games. It was a it was a big show last week. I think it was four hours, or three hours, fifty minutes. Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty Tell full us. on. Um, and that is all thanks to our Patreon members. They help support the show. If you would like to do that as well, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash GA podcast uh, and become a member. It helps us pay the bills. So thank you to everyone that does that every month. Thank we you. greatly appreciate it. We do. And you're the best. Have you got anything you'd like to pimp out this week? You got, um, your your articles went up, I saw. Yes. Uh, yeah, so you can go read my interview uh, on Red Bull with uh, Joe Seacott and Amos Hodge about the future of Warzone. Um, some of it's already come to pass. Was that that futuristic, that close to the future? Um, mm-hmm. And um, uh, a preview of um, Rainbow Six Siege is up on OzGamers. There's another one on Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And you can go check out, head to thegapodcast.com and you can read my review of Windbound, which should be up by the time you're listening to this. And uh, yeah. like I said, I'll, I'll Twitch stream, but hopefully you'll- You're not making a video? Some... Um, 
I don't know if I should or if uh, I'll see how timing goes. I've got a lot of footage, but it might be easy to just easier to just. I have an idea for you. Switch stream. Go. You take your written article. Yep. Dump it into Microsoft Sam. Oh yeah. Record that. Yep. Just dump it over fucking twenty minutes of footage. Done. Easy. Easy clap. Yep. Even easier. <laughs> what if I can train Microsoft Sam to sound like me? Hmm. That would be even better. Maybe. Yeah. There's probably can, a way you can do that. You can mispronounce everything the way the same way that I do. That'd be good. What if you can get one that sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Even better. Even better. And he's reading your review. Yep. That's pretty good. I would do that instead. Yep. Okay. I'll do that. Good plan. Yep. Uh, otherwise, um, hit me up on Twitter at Joey Jojo. And uh, that's about it. What about you, Luke? What do you got? Cool. Uh, you can find me this week, Survivor.com. I have a review going up for Control AWE. If you want to go check that out, you can. Um, otherwise, you can find me, Twitter.com slash Luke Laurie, L A W R I E. And that is it for this week. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing next week. Is there anything out that you can think of? Nothing comes to uh, mind. Wasteland 3. Oh, yeah, Wasteland. Yeah, Wasteland 3, is it? Yeah. I really like Wasteland cool. 2, so I'm uh, keen to. Keen to play Wasteland. All right. All right. We'll, we'll check that out for next week. Otherwise, we'll see you all then. Bye. Bye.